Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the vote 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am James. Before we get started, let's check in with Capeside Correspondence for the news of the week. Yeah, we got a little tweet from front of the show, Heather, who shouted us out and said, I need more people to follow me on this chaotic journey. Thank you, Heather. Let's get people into the show. You're the best. And also, thank you so much, every listener out there who rated us on Spotify. We have already, at the time of this recording, have received 12 ratings in the last week, and we have an average rating of 4.7. And it's all due to you. Thank you so much various listeners (laughs) yeah thank you all we went from not being rated on the show or on that platform at all to now having a rating it's going to help people find the show so you are helping and if you haven't rated us out there go ahead and do it now it's super easy but with that out of the way this week we are going to be talking about season one episode eight boyfriend also known as escape from new york which i guess you know let's really quickly this isn't something we haven't really talked about too much um, in the show so far. But in season one, they actually had these alternate titles which came out when they initially aired the show. And all of them are referential to some kind of film. In this case, the film that they're referencing is Escape from New York, um, which I think is kind of fun. Um, this episode was released on episode 10th. Episode 10th? <laughs> it was really favorite month. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was released on March 10th, 1998, and the synopsis is Jen's old boyfriend arrives unexpectedly and Dawson's parents struggle with their relationship. It's written by John Harmon Feldman and Dana Barada and directed by Michael Fields. And this episode really, it just has a little bit of everything. It's got incredible needle drops. I thought the music in this episode was amazing. Probably the best music we've had so far. It's got 90s teen life documentary footage. I'm pretty sure every scene in this show is straight out of real life. Um, There's a character that's somehow less likable than Pacey. I didn't think that was possible. Dawson gets his heart broken. Absolutely amazing. And then the emergence of Pacey as an actual likable character. I don't know. What did you guys think about this episode? I really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Um, We are finally getting some more character development for Pacey. Um, Beginning to understand where his arc might be going and why people like him so much. (laughs) Um, Also, I was re-listening to episode six, uh, our episode six, Baby, um, the other day, and we were very much anticipating Joey being cool Auntie Joey. Well, we were so wrong (laughs) because we're getting petulant and angsty Auntie Joey. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. It is also pretty accurate considering she's only in high school and she's living in a small house with a newborn. I think our hopes were a little too high there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, another thing I thought was fun was the costume department uh, really upped their game with the styles that the male characters are wearing in this episode. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, There were lots of stylish, cozy sweaters, lots of leather, some corduroy. Lots of leather. Yeah. (laughs) Call me a leather daddy. Um, I did not love this episode. I thought it was kind of a dead um up until the last 10 minutes i was like pretty into it and i did love seeing pacey become more likable slash i might be in love with pacey (laughs) interesting yeah i can can talk about that later (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just I wanted to rewind a little bit because so the last episode that we watched uh, was called Detention slash Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club thing makes sense because they're you know it's in reference to that. But this being called Escape from New York, <laughs> no uh, if you've seen that John Carpenter <laughs> yeah. movie, the post apocalyptic. Uh, gang murder movie where people are placed on Manhattan uh, and it's a p- futuristic prison. Uh, yeah, does not have anything to do with this. And I also, I wonder if they dropped doing that from season one because the Canadian teen drama show Degrassi mm. names oh. all their episodes after 80s songs. Oh, so cool. I wonder if Degrassi, or like, I wonder if Dawson's Creek was like, yeah, we're just going to do the exact same right. thing, but for movies and then realize Whoops. bad idea. And it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Do but I, oh, I just want to say, I love this episode. I, I, this is like another like banger after banger after banger, but this felt the most fleshed out for these characters. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like their beats made sense. Like people have their own agency. And it, I think my problem up to this episode is that every, everyone exists for Dawson's development and that development went nowhere. Like he would get challenges, but it never amounted to anything. It was just for the sake of having right. something happen on the show. Whereas this, it seemed like everyone is living their own lives and they actually had things that um, made them who they were instead of just building up Dawson. So I was, I'm super on board with this. I feel like this episode actually made me a fan of Dawson's Creek. Whereas before that, I was just like, yeah, this is a stupid show with funny (laughs) hair. So were you about to say something, Stella? Yeah, I was just wondering if we um, know if there's any Canadian connection with Dawson's Creek. I wonder. Because we were with my family the other day and my cousin thought that this was a Canadian show. And then the the other song was from a Canadian artist. So I just wonder what the... Jan Arden. Yeah, Jan Arden. Yeah. Huh. I, don't, yeah. I didn't think it was a Canadian show. I mean, it was filmed in North Carolina. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know why he... There's why, a, there seems to be a thread there, and I yeah. don't know what the connective tissue is, but I agree there's something. If somebody could explain it to us, please hmm. let us know. Like, is one of the actors secretly Canadian? Like, hmm. very proudly Canadian? Maybe we'll <laughs> do some research and get back to you on next week's Cape Side hey, Correspondence. Hey, listen in. <laughs> Busy Phillips is Canadian, right? Is oh. she not? She could be. I don't know. She's not in the show yet, but I know she no. comes on later. And I know <laughs> Freaks and Geeks, which is our namesake, uh, <laughs> Freaks and Geeks, I believe, was a Canadian production because there's a ton of Canadians in that show. So hmm. Apparently, I, Busy Phillips is an American actress. So Okay, well, never mind. Dang. We'll look into it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Let's rewind and do another uh, Cape Side Correspondence Correction Corner. <laughs> I am a moron. <laughs> Nobody's a moron here, Cody. <laughs> okay, I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> Do you guys know what the number one song on the U.S. pop charts was in the week of March 10th, 1998? Please say it's Damn It by Blink-182. I wish it was. <laughs> it actually came out the year before, which blew my mind. When, the, when that song comes up in this episode, I was like, holy fuck. Um, any guesses? 1998? Nin- March 10th, 1998, that week. It's a very recognizable song, and you all will scream when you when you find out hmm. have we already talked about believe by share was that a number one we song have it shit? is but not yet it's, i'm trying to think like about November. like when britney and nsync were big i feel like mm. interesting that's getting a little bit closer uh listeners at home go ahead and shout it into your phones right now we'll wait it is getting jiggy with it by oh, my god. oh my gosh damn yeah right never heard that song anymore i wonder why <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just thought that was funny. Um, 
we haven't revisited this in a long time, and it's because the information hasn't really changed. But the top film of this week is also Titanic, which was the top film on the pilot film or pilot episode release date. It's been the top film for almost the entire year at this point in time in 1998. But I do believe that soon we are going to be having that upended and a new movie is going to be on the top of the box office charts. So keep an eye out or ear. Man, I can't wait to find out what finally toppled Titanic at the box right? office. I mean, I know Titanic was number one for like three or four straight months. Yeah, man, <laughs> like Christmas to, to <laughs> April. <Yeah. laughs> Unreal. James, what did you think of this episode? I loved this episode. Um, I definitely thought that there were moments that were not the best. I kind of agree with you. Like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of a dud. Um, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the beginning that really gripped me. But once we got to the house party scene, I feel like that is literally all we have been asking for from this show is to see these characters interacting with their peers and interacting in a non-contrived way, right? Like we're actually seeing these characters interact with real people. That said, um, what really did this episode in for me was the development of Pacey as a likable character. Um, I'm coming around on him. I don't know if what we're all going to say when we get there. I kind of want to be surprised when we get to that, <laughs> that discussion. But um, yeah, I think that um, for anybody who has been disappointed in all the Pacey hate that we've been spewing out so far, maybe things will start to change. I don't know. We'll see. I'm really excited to hear from all of our perspectives when the moment was that we fell in love with Pacey because yeah. I feel like we're all going to have a different moment. Totally. Is where we fell. I certainly know what mine is. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, just uh, going back earlier to what I said about like all these characters feeling like they have agency, it's funny too because Billy, who I know we're going to have a lot to say about, mm -hmm. uh, does not even, like he seems like a character that would have been like from four episodes ago. Like he clearly is just an antagonist antagonist, and there's nothing else there. He is a shell of a person. He's only there to create chaos. Whereas like Abby Morgan from the last episode seemed like a real character while also being an antagonist. Like mm -hmm. at least like her mustache twirling had some <laughs> charisma and she was chewing scenery. Whereas Billy is just there to be uh, a stain on everybody's lives. And look cool. It look super cool. What a cool Somebody. car. Anybody have any final thoughts before we get into the scene by scene? I'm so excited to talk about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's do it, Cody. As Dawson exhausts all possible channels from his basic cable lineup, Joey pops into his room, ready to vent about the screams of her freshly born nephew keeping her up every night. Dawson offers a slumber party, and Joey accepts. She notices he's watching an old Gary Cooper movie and complains that he's boring, to which Dawson expresses admiration for his quote-unquote nice guy <laughs> vibes, rightfully putting Joey right to sleep. Um, I guess in every opening scene... Joey and Dawson have been there together. So this was like the first time that wasn't the case. Joey like came right. in, but mm -hmm. it was weird to see Dawson by himself going yeah. through the channels. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was fun to hear his comments of like, as he flipped through each one, you know, what did you all think about him getting to the porn <laughs> interception? <laughs> and he, what did you all think about that? I, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but basically what happens, he gets to this porn channel. He looks confused. Like he looks genuinely confused as if he's like, what's happening here? You can mm -hmm. hear vague <laughs> sexual sounds. Like it's, it's obvious to anybody who has seen porn that it's porn, but for some reason, Dawson seems a little bit confused. And then he flips the channel disinterested to whatever comes up next. And that's when Joey comes in. What did you all think about that little moment? That wasn't my, my impression was 
I thought he said adult channel. He did. He said, quote, adult movie channel scrambled. And then he took a moment to try to make something out of the scramble. Yeah, I thought um, he like, I thought yeah. he had like a little smile on his face and uh-huh. was trying to like look like he tilted his yeah. head and was trying to figure out if he could like make any sense of what was happening. In That's the- funny. And then he kind of gave up on it. And yeah. Was like, eh. Yeah, th- those wheels yeah. turning were him being like, can I jerk off to a <laughs> uh, fuzzy nipple? And he decided, no, I can't. Oh, yeah, I, wow, I completely misread that. I was just like, <laughs> he just looks confused and then he's moving on to the next thing. Which can you to imagine me- if he had done that and Joey walks through Joey? Yeah. Comes in? <laughs> I mean, I, that's where I kind of thought it was going to go. I could, I had this feeling th- that somebody's going to walk in on him in this moment, whoever it's going to be, I'm not sure. And when it got to that point, I was like, it's either Joey or it's his mom walking in on him. And then neither of those things comes true. So I'm just wrong. First time in my life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Does anyone want to role play what that scene would have been like if Joey had walked in while he's masturbating <laughs> the scrambled porn? Oh, God. I imagine Joey would say something like, at least it's not the E.T. doll again. <laughs> oh, Wow. Speaking of that E.T. doll, that thing's fucking creepy looking. Yeah. It gets a lot of the, collect- the collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> Um, I do have something to say about Joey here. The uh, I thought the makeup department went the extra mile with her under eyes, Definitely. dark under eye circles. They gave her some tired eyes. She looked like sure. she was wearing death paint from yes, the, like a black yes. metal yeah. concert. <laughs> yeah, there are several scenes in this episode where either they kept her up for forty eight hours before filming, which you never know, or they did a really good job in the makeup department because yeah. <laughs> she just looks exhausted and she nails the acting exhausted too. I thought mm-hmm. this is like a standout joey episode secret star i wonder if she's a method actor was she getting drunk for this uh, performance was she staying up all night for this performance <laughs> who knows also just want to say that I, I love right off the bat we're get we're like we know dawson has an issue with his naivete about life and relationships but this solidified it where we're really getting into the nitty-gritty of nice guy yeah like, i mean just go on reddit nice guy and just like see how many people like fit the mold of this idea of like women need to <laughs> want to be with me because I'm a nice guy. It's a very toxic masculine trait. Definitely. And that the nice guy finishes last. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's grotesque. And I yeah. love like, they're really spelling it out for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that made me really appreciate it. So yeah. from here on out, Oh, another thing I noticed um, for Joey was in the first scene, we see her fall asleep. We also, that she's also falling asleep in the last scene, of course, for a different reason, but it's kind of the bookends and yeah, you know how nice. the scene sets up the what yeah. happens throughout the episode. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, speaking of bookending with sequences, uh, mm-hmm. it makes me think we have to mention David Lynch every episode of this show <laughs> for whatever reason. And I think a lot of scenes in David Lynch movies are bookended by people falling asleep to reinforce that dreamlike quality of those films uh, that he makes. And what if this entire yeah. episode was a dream oh. from Joey? She falls asleep <laughs> at the beginning. It all happens. We're really in her subconscious. That's why these characters are really like kind of working out in a way that she likes. And then at the end, she totally. uh, wakes up. I don't know. And I mean, she wakes up in Dawson single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. True. Or does she? Because if this is all a dream, then maybe they didn't ever actually break up. Ah. Ooh, ooh. I had the Monica Bellucci dream again. <laughs> Go to the Fairbanks airport and look for the blue rose. Um, that's my David Lynch impersonation, everybody. Thank you. We should do an episode where we only do David Lynch voices from start to finish. <laughs> Welcome to Freaks and Creeks. <laughs>
While Dawson races out of the door for school, Mitch and Gail, a.k.a. Mr. and Mrs. Manmeet, trade awkward glances and fail at small talk, mentioning therapy and their progress, all in reference to them beginning to heal from Gail's affair with co-anchor Bob. Anyone else think it was weird when, when Mitch asks Dawson, how's school going? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think he said it. It was just for, it was a little forced. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like they've, they've never had a conversation mm-hmm. before. Totally. To me, it felt like he, they, he's already, he's feeling awkward with Gail and yeah. their conversation. So he's forcing, uh, oh, hey, let's, you know, yeah, come, let me get out of this. Dawson, how are you doing? He's kind deflecting. Of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deflecting. Yeah. But it did kind of make it feel like they've never had a conversation <laughs> before outside of the ones we've seen. And he, like they regularly forget that they have a son who's going to school. Like, <laughs> oh, right. David. No, uh, David. <laughs> no, I just said that shit. Uh, David. <laughs> fuck. Dawson. <laughs> it is weird that we haven't really established many relationship dynamics in the show with the Dawson's parents and Dawson. Really all we've gotten is that uh, mannequin kissing scene uh, with Mitch, but and the yeah. only stuff that with Gail and Dawson is just Dawson pointing out that yes. he knows about their affair. So I, I, yeah, I guess like the only thing they can really lean on is we we would have either gotten Mitch screaming about how's school going or Mitch screaming about how's the dancing lip move? Is that yeah. working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. guys think that we are going to get a divorce storyline here? Absolutely. You think his totally. parents are getting divorced? I don't. I don't know. I feel like they might get through it. You know, the, at the rate that the show goes, things don't last very long. So I feel like maybe maybe this is a passing thing and yeah. they get through it. But uh, it was also interesting to hear that the kelp is still still kicking his idea. He's, he's going to meet investor. with the investor. Or whatever. Yeah. I wonder what he's going to show them. He destroyed the model. <laughs> like, he'll paint a picture with his ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was very uncomfortable. Um, I felt bad for them. I felt bad for everybody involved. You know, Dawson is having to witness this and hear this as a as a child of divorce. Um, we never really had like knockdown, drag out fights, and we kids didn't really know what was going on. But I definitely identified that feeling of tension that was in the air in that household. And Dawson, I mean, he says he's running late, but he's clearly also just making an excuse to get out of there. He doesn't want to be in that moment. That's my reading. Cause as soon as he gets past that picture frame cut out over the, he takes a pause there and it's just like, you know, he takes a deep breath. So it felt painful. It felt uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, sad, sad moment in the Leary house. Pacey expresses his distaste for Capeside's lack of thrills to a houseless person before getting nearly run over by a big dumb car. (laughs) Billy, the man behind the big dumb car, asks for directions to Capeside High. Pacey gives him those directions, but offers to jump in to navigate, to which Billy Tokyo drifts away in a flash. (laughs) (laughs) I I had something, there's something I noticed. I'm not sure if it's a houseless person. My read was that uh, Pacey's talking to a fisherman who probably has been fishing since maybe 2 or 3 a.m. Mm. He's had his whole work day and he's cracking a beer at 5 because he's he's wearing, if you look at what he's wearing, he's uh, ha- has waders on, he's got his fisherman's cap, his tackle bag next to him, and he's like one of those townies that, that Pacey's just like chilling with, you know, before school. I have a thought on this as well. I, mm. I too do not think this is a houseless individual or the town <laughs> drunk. 
I believe what we are seeing is evidence of an aquatic-based threat to Cape Side. <laughs> this man is clearly drinking. He's had a long night, a long morning. You know why? Because he has been fighting mermen and kraken <laughs> on the waters of Cape Side. And he just has to dull the horrors that he sees. Very Lovecraftian. He just has to dull those horrors. And the only way to do it? booze and talking to Pacey because who doesn't want to talk to Pacey? I mean, he's so cool. So that's what I think. It goes along with the theme of self-medicating in this episode. Joey's doing it and then also mm -hmm. the monster killers have to do it too. Yep. It's the only, it's the only way through apparently in Cape Side. Um, I think we've kind of established that the show, you know, kind of like in the, in the first episode or in the first scene, will always like hit, hit us really hard in the head with like, this is the theme of this episode. Um, but it felt like it were really doing that here too with Pacey being like, this place is so boring. Mm -hmm. Will anything ever happen? Cue exactly. this car. It's just like, okay. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's kind interesting of that he's, we, Pacey's the one that kind of introduces Billy. He's the first person that we get an interaction with him and Billy. And, Would this yeah. be considered a record scratch moment? Feels you, like it. You're probably scratch? wondering where yeah. I've been. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely feels like it. I, um... I'm curious with my fashion aficionado friends here, Stella and Mal, mm -hmm. what did you think of Billy's cool look? Oh, okay. I was going to talk about Pacey's first, but I do well, have I'm some asking thoughts about Billy. About Billy. Um, yes. So leather jacket. He had a paisley shaped pattern, um, 70s style shirt with a collar that's, it's called the Barrymore collar. And um, so flared out. <laughs> It's kind of like buttoned down a little bit. Yeah, buttoned down. So that big 70s collar is actually uh, popularized by Drew Barrymore's grandfather in the 30s and 40s and then was reintroduced in the 70s. That's um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, he wore that apparently a lot. Um, but when you see it, you think of the 70s. Totally. He's, yeah. He's that, kind of like that greaser look well, too. Well, and also just the the lapels over the jacket is such an iconic 70s oh, look yeah. in my opinion. Like there's... totally. Sure, it's interesting that it was originated earlier, but I can't even imagine what that looked like in the 30s or right. 40s. But in the 70s, if I even imagine it, I'm seeing flare legs or bell bottoms and a mm -hmm. shirt with the lapels over a jacket. Uh, the makeup department also made Billy look more rough with some eyeliner. What so. do you think that they were trying to go for with his look? Because it's somewhere between like Greaser, West Side Story. Bad boy. Bad boy. Yeah. But then the like... The 70s collar makes it also feel like somebody's dad just showed up. <laughs> I think it was just the style of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, like, I'm trying to think of, like, late 90s Weezer music videos. Like, that was the style. Like, everyone dressed kind of like that is, like, 1970s uh, punk, if that's even interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah. it, it made me, like, not, not that Weezer's a cool band, <laughs> but it just, that seemed like to be the, the style of that day. He was just, like, a cool mm -hmm. dude. Oh, uh. Billy also mentioned uh, when he was talking to Pacey, he said something about Captain Ahab, which, in reference to the, the person he was sitting on the bench next to, mm -hmm. that's a Moby Dick character who is the captain of the whaling ship in Moby Dick. So yes. another argument that he's a fisherman. Mm. <laughs> well, I think he's definitely, he's wearing yeah, no, waders. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's definitely a fisherman. <laughs> Things are chaotic at the Bessie Bodie Joey house as a soaking wet Joey pleads with Bodie that she needs the bathroom to get ready. Bessie assures Joey and the viewers at home that this will all be better soon. In a few years. <laughs> this is our first introduction to the baby name. Did anyone Alexander? catch it? Yeah. Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. I think, I think this is the first time we've heard that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, 
two questions. One, is he circumcised? Mm. Uh, Good question. We don't know. Yeah. Never got an answer to that. Um, But so are we supposed to think that the baby now has Joey's room? I was wondering the same thing. Do they... seems like... Share a room or it was she kicked out of her room. Yeah, because she was like, this is my dresser. And then later we see Dawson like put her to sleep on the couch. So I wasn't sure if that meant she like doesn't have a bed anymore. Yeah. I also thought it was a funny way to put Bodie in the episode without him actually being in the episode. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, my kind of thinking is that they put the baby in Joey's room and she normally could sleep in there if she wanted to, but why would she, you know what I mean? So she Mm -hmm. probably chooses not to sleep in there. Um, but yeah, what a chaotic house this, this has now become. It makes me wonder if we're going to see Joey move out young, move in with Dawson, you know, like something like that, because this is, I mean, I can only imagine how, how, how hard would it be to not only she's, she's also has a job, so she's got school, she's got a job and now she has a baby in her room that she is Mm -hmm. basically taking care of whenever she is available. I mean, it doesn't seem tenable obnoxious also thinking i just thought about this she's soaking wet and yeah. my first couple watches i'm thinking oh it's because she took a shower but needs to get back into the bathroom to get ready <laughs> but the night before she had slept at dawson so do you think she's sopping wet because she was <laughs> rowing back home interesting that's a good idea again Maybe that she pilot, fell in yeah yeah in that pilot <laughs> she's wet from start to finish so <laughs> i love that idea at Capeside High, Dawson tells Joey over a quick study sesh that things with Jen are going okay, but no one's convinced. Jen turns the corner, giving Dawson his in to invite her on a bowling date. Just as the stars felt like they were aligning once again, big dumb car driver Billy shows up. <laughs> Jen tells Dawson she'll catch up with him later and goes to Billy. And we learn that he's the boy she was caught sleeping with in her parents' bed, which led her to be sent to Capeside to live with her grandparents. She rightfully accosts him for being there, and he grossly asks her for a smooch. While Jen says she isn't the same person anymore, he agrees to leave with him to go for a ride. Dawson, who's watching from the other end of the hall, is interrupted by Cliff, who not only asks if he's seen Jen around, but asks if she has a boyfriend. Being the all-around awesome guy that he is, Cliff invites both Jen and Jen's boyfriend, Dawson, to his house party that Saturday. I loved seeing Dawson help Joey study. That was I thought that was like a cute, genuine friendship moment there Same. on the steps. You know, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I liked the tutoring moment. I'm, yeah, it, was, it made me miss being in a language class, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like early, like when it's your first yeah. language class and you're learning um, hola and yeah. como estas. You feel brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, when Dawson said he wished they'd, they'd teach some more useful... <laughs> phrases it was you just like hit the nail on the head it's uh-huh. like they're always like ridiculous <laughs> phrases my uncle's bicycle is at the library isn't that what he asks <laughs> yeah. joey to translate <laughs> yeah i i really liked this this scene it felt like they had such good chemistry in this moment when they're when they're playing off of each other there's i didn't cap the audio or i didn't i didn't include the audio here but the moment when jen or sorry when joey asks how jen is doing how things are doing with jen and dawson's like things are good focus like it just felt so Mm -hmm. like it felt good it felt like a really well acted scene until jen shows up and then it just gets like really weird and awkward because of the direction i feel like you know like joey just lingering in the background and and excusing herself ignoring her again yes very odd i don't blame her though (laughs) After the, their last interaction, yeah. I would oh, not sure. fucking True. blame her. True. Yeah. 
uh, Dawson's vest. Let's talk about that oh a little my bit. God. Um, the denim shirt and the vest. I think this is a contrast to the bad boy look. So this is like the nice guy look. Also <laughs> made him look like a writer <laughs> or like a teacher. Or a so Bible salesman. Kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it felt like you're right. It is playing off. He's, they're playing him off of Billy. It's basically mm-hmm. like, let's make one character wear all white with blonde hair and one character wear all black with black hair. It was like that Jen, level of, yeah. of binary. Right, <laughs> and Jen commented on it too. Nice vest, yeah. you know, so it's, they point that out. How old did you guys think Billy was? I was going to ask the same question. Uh, good question. Because did, did Jen say that she had things with older guys yes. in yeah. the previous... Okay, because I, I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be like an older him, one with, of them, yeah. maybe. But she did put set him apart from the other guys that she's been with. Because he I treats don't know. her with, yeah, yeah. treated her with I don't respect. know if he's one of the older guys or if he happens to be the same age. I imagine, oh. like, if in the world of the show, I imagine he's supposed to be, like, 21, sure. maybe. maybe. Just a little yeah. older. But the actor is, like, 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the way they... I think it's also because we're in 2022 and nobody fucking dresses like that. But I, the way they dressed him mixed with his chest hair, it, it's like he's got a fucking garden of chest hair just in bloom right now because it is... It's like looking at my dad, honestly. It was very... <laughs> I was very confused. I didn't think that... I know that there are some teenagers who are very... Uh, you know, ahead of their time. Is that the word? I'll take it. <laughs> but he didn't strike me as that. So I, I think I agree with you, Cody. He's probably like just out of high school. And he, you know, that's why he can just take the four hour drive or as he calls it, ride mm-hmm. into Cape Side. I noticed that he called her Jenny. Yes. So Billy and Jenny, you know, seems like kind of a more intimate Way, way to reference to like refer to her like they had a, instead you know, of William were, and Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, like no one calls her Jenny in Cape Side, so it's yeah. something that she left behind maybe. Or you I know. thought that was a nice little detail, but yeah. it also felt, which is maybe how it was supposed to feel, like who the fuck is Jenny? Yeah, you know, for it felt like really different, which is exactly what they were going for. She was a different person in New York. Mm-hmm. That's why this guy is here to tell us all about that. Yeah, I I was just kind of like, why are you showing up now? You know, like she's been gone for at least a few months. Mm-hmm. So it just yeah. felt like, I think, you know, Cody said like, you know, that seems like something he he would have been introduced like a few episodes ago or something. Um, yeah. I just thought it was like a weird way. To, Came out of left field yeah. for sure. Especially, yeah, considering like he referenced her being the love, the, you know, I'm the love of your right. life. Like, yeah, yeah. Seems like it was pretty serious. Like, yeah. He's not a real character. No, he's why? just a <laughs> yeah. chaotically evil right. entity that just showed up for no reason. He's another demon yeah. from hell. <gasps> what if he's um, in the Marvel Comics universe? There is Hell Rider, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider. Thank you. The Nick Cage film this is the only way I know it. Um, <laughs> and he is a demon from hell who rides around on a motorcycle and he wears a leather jacket and he uses a chain, a flaming chain, as a weapon. Now I feel like Billy is. Ghost Rider pre-motorcycle accident that kills him because he already is obsessed with motorcycle culture. He's got the leather jacket. He calls everything, go for a ride, even when he's driving around. I bet you he says he's going to go ride a movie when he's talking about watching a movie. He's obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah, You know, again, shout out to everyone that's been giving us really nice reviews on the internet. But I think, you know, after we're calling up nice guy culture and we've called out incels and now we're bringing up Marvel, we're going to get (laughs) review bombed. 
Uh-oh. Sorry, everybody. Oh. Um, uh, oh, I just wanted to say again, Cliff. Yes. Love Cliff. Yeah. Love <laughs> fucking Cliff, dude. He's so nice. Not only is he a, ba- he's not a bad person by asking if Jen had a boyfriend and he's not even, he's just like, oh, cool. Like, oh, you're dating her. All right, cool. You guys want to come to my party? Like he extended his invitation. He, he did look surprised though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just like, come on. I don't know. And the way that he asked Dawson to go, he was like, and you can come too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Was, <laughs> like, I didn't think, I thought it was. I think Cliff <laughs> knows what he's doing here. I think you're playing a little, a little dumb here. He you're knows what he's doing. Trap. I loved um, his sweater. <laughs> Striped, multicolored. It was, it was cool. Cliff just looks like <laughs> Superman to me. So anything yeah. that he does or says, I'm just like, yeah, Cliff's great. <laughs> he is, he is great. And I mean, I thought it was interesting that he invites them to a party that he's apparently not at. I don't think he's right. actually at That's that his house, house party. But we never see him. <laughs> yes. It's like, hey, you guys want to come over? I'm not going to be there. But if you want to <laughs> trash the place, please do. Well, he must be indoors because we never uh, see what's going on indoors. That's true. True. Yeah. I have this clip. I just wanted to play it really quick. It is exactly what we're talking about. It's Cliff. It's Dawson. And it's worth just listening to really quick. And one other thing. I don't know if, uh, if you can help me with it. Jen doesn't have a boyfriend, does she? Uh, yeah. She does. Me. <laughs> really? That's terrific, man. <laughs> I just love that. Really? Wait, wait a minute. Can we listen to that again? I heard a seagull. What? I think. And they one in- other thing, I don't know if uh, if you can. Yeah. I, that's terrific, man. That's, that's <laughs> there's a, a bird. <laughs> there's a bird in the high school. That's interesting. That's weird. Good catch. Yeah. Do you, I wow. mean? I swear I heard another one that was just like the typical like, ah, like seagull sound. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they just have like an audio track and the guy is just like, hey, whatever, just put it in. Yeah. Do we, where's that, where's that ambiance uh, sound pad? We just need to bed this scene. Okay. Uh, it's outdoor. Whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> huh. Huh. All doors are open in Capeside. Well, I mean, if they let Billy just walk into school, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they just let birds Since come when in. when did they and, just let strangers walk into school? The 90s. I know, the 90s back in crazy. the 90s. They didn't yeah. give a shit. Yep. Like, you look like a bad person who's not here <laughs> for school. You look here, like you're here to do no good. Come on in. <laughs> want to walk the halls? <laughs> uh, listeners that are not from the United States, I just want to let you know, before 9-11, it was the Wild West, baby. You could do whatever you wanted. Anybody remember going to the airport... <laughs> Not for a flight, but like yeah, just so, to get to walk the terminal to pick up mm-hmm. a family member, somebody that was coming in. What a different time that was. We used to go to the airport in Albuquerque where my family friend or my, where my family is from, and we would get we would go to the airport to get lunch at one of the restaurants that was in the airport because it was kind of nearby where my grandparents lived. What the fuck? Why <laughs> you don't do that these days? Anyway. Back at the man-me-leary household, Gail tries to come up with some fun date ideas, as their therapist had suggested trying new things together. Mitch, in the coldest way imaginable, suggests swinging or spouse-whopping. When Gail asks when she'll stop being punished, Mitch, in a dramatic fashion, says, when it stops hurting. (laughs) But initially he says, uh, playing hide the... Yeah, and I didn't know... My naked wife, like something about... Seeing my my naked naked wife... wife playing hide the dot 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 yeah what do you think the chapstick comes out yeah hide the chapstick (laughs) definitely that's but chapstick didn't pay for this episode so they're like no we're not giving them that free promo i think it's hide the pickle because i know that that is a common euphemism for sex Mm, go portland Mm -hmm. pickles (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was really confused 
Yeah, my first thought was just penis, but I was just <laughs> playing. When I stopped seeing my naked wife play hide the penis, <laughs> hide the penis, classic game. <laughs> I um, this is the beginnings of the Learys slut shaming their partners. It starts off here with with Mister Manmeat. Um, talking about spouse swapping and swinging and how that might be more to Gail's uh, liking. And Dawson does the same thing later on when he's talking to Jen and Billy. And God, it's just hard to watch this kind of shit because you know how commonplace this is in so many people's relationships when they have a disagreement. They And it's just, ugh, it was so uncomfortable to watch. I really, 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 really did not like it. And uh, yeah, yucky. It's, I, not not that I think it's good that they're slut shaming, but I, well, I don't like this. I'm uh, From a writing perspective, uh, what I do like about this is that they've kind of taken a few steps back from the first like three or four episodes where the only thing we knew about the Learys is that they fuck. Like it was the only thing mm-hmm. they talked about. Yeah. And so now it's interesting that they're like, okay, we realized maybe we were coming in way too hot with that. And now we're going to actually use that for something different. It's unfortunate that it's, you know, shame. That's yeah. what they're landing on. But it makes sense for these characters to now use that to weaponize. Totally. Outside Jen's place, Billy explains that he's far too exhausted to go all the way back home to New York and needs to stay in Capeside. As the visibly upset Dawson joins them, Jen takes him aside and explains who Billy truly is and then asks if it would be okay for (laughs) Billy to stay with him for a night, reassuring him that they're just old friends. Dawson reluctantly agrees. (laughs) So weird. So weird. Like, I understand why Jen can't host him. Yeah. But why why Dawson like why not Pacey or just someone else why can't she ask another friend <laughs> why does she feel I mean, for the story I get it yeah. yes, <laughs> you know of but, course it's writing but but yeah. why does she feel well we know why she feels like she has to take care of him and give him an option here but why mm-hmm. we don't yeah you don't need you don't owe this fucking guy anything. I'm trying to think of the other options that would be available to him in Cape Side. So like Pacey, I imagine is an out because of his cop family. Oh, right. sure. And they're yeah. just like, You're not gonna that have a stranger sense. in this house. That makes right. Sense. Um <laughs> then where? Yeah. Joey has a chaotic that. house. Yeah. Yeah. And Jen doesn't have any other friends. So it's like make mm-hmm. him sleep and in his And Grams is not gonna <laughs> let that happen. So and I t- think what they should have done is just dressed him up in a hospital gown rolled gramps out in the backyard for a little while he's not gonna know the difference I think, and then yeah, put him in the hospital bed <laughs> right she should have just told him you're not too tired to drive four hours back yeah to it's i'm sorry you made the decision to come yeah. here unannounced without Here's discussing it with me first uh, i thought it was uh ridiculous that she told billy everything about her and dawson without asking dawson first or without talking to dawson first she told him that oh i told him everything about us like okay i don't think she did I think did she's what? saying th- she's just that saying she, that she you think yeah. she's just telling Dawson that but I bet that she told him that maybe she has a boyfriend but yeah. I don't okay. think that there's mo- much that's right. actually been discussed but who knows because hmm. it's ha- yet again this show and it's strange jumps in time is this after school because how, how is Dawson here wasn't he just in the hallway at school now he's at home so is this did they skip school and now Dawson's walking back home this is the end of, I think this is like after right after school what yeah uh, all I'm saying is we have no idea how much time has elapsed here yeah right yeah, she went on the ride with Billy and then all probably, day no yeah. I think then like went back to class or or all day whatever and then now it's the end of 
school and she's back trying to yeah i guess this could have been a week after like (laughs) there's nothing to really tell us when this takes place i think it all is i don't know if it's this sequence or another but it looks like the sun is setting for no reason i mean whatever i mean i know the constraints of shooting a television show especially like outside is very difficult but Mm -hmm. uh yeah sometimes it's just very confusing on the show i just can't believe that jen would ask dawson this i understand that she doesn't have any other options and you know let's let's just couch this writing convenience we understand that i don't believe i don't believe that she would do this i really don't like yeah it it seems really out of character for her it's like i feel like she knows that dawson wouldn't react well to that exactly she knows that dawson is like borderline jealous of everybody and everything he's obsessed with sex and physical intimacy and he is really worried about where he stands with jen that has been like the three common themes in their relationship so why would she be like oh hey my ex-boyfriend you know the one that i told you about that i got caught having sex with in my parents bed yeah he needs a place to stay and i was (laughs) thinking your place would be the perfect place because it's right next door to me is she testing him I don't know, but okay. Also, it all happened so quickly. Like mm-hmm. she, like it was such a quick conversation where she was like, "Hey, can you do this thing?" And then he just like hands over the bat. Like, yeah. at least like have do a longer him- conversation. Be like, Not I know in front this. Of him. Yeah, like I know this <laughs> right. is a really weird situation. Um, but like, could you like please help me out? Like, da 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 da. But like, she was like almost like, you know, he he needs a favor. Like, please yeah. help. Like, yeah, it was kind of manipulative a little bit yeah Yeah. i disagree (laughs) i mean the beats are quick i'll give it that and it's very awkward but the the thing that i focused so much more like out of anything else in this episode was jen pleading with dawson hey can you just believe what i'm saying that's all she asks this entire episode. Hey, believe me when I tell you this. Can you please believe me when I say this? Hey, I told him this. Please believe me. And the entire time Dawson does not acknowledge this and yeah. goes, fuck that. What about my feelings? Why don't you respect me? Why don't you respect what I feel like? And it's like, yeah, I mean, this this is very over the top and it is like the convenience of the writing. But And I would be more on your side when it's talking about like how ridiculous it is to like for someone like Dawson to like be put through this situation. But just the fact that Jen is just like, Hey, like I know how weird this is. I know that you know about Billy and like why I'm here because of Billy. But listen to me when I say there's nothing between us and I am with you Dawson. So believe me. And he's the one that makes the choice to be angry and anxious about it. So I -hmm. take her side on that, but yes, it is, very absurd not on any planet at least in this universe would this ever be normal or okay it's very very absurd yeah i don't know i i feel like i feel like in this moment even jen doesn't know what she's doing here i don't know what we're seeing is somebody's ex walking in back into their life and then they don't know how to handle these emotions that are that are present within them i think jen is kidding herself when she says, I'm not 
you know, I'm doing this just because of whatever reason. He just needs a place to stay, blah, 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 blah. I think that she does have some kind of lingering emotions there because like she says in a later scene, we didn't really get a chance to say goodbye. I was taken away from him. There's no closure. We need closure here. Um, so for me, she's she doesn't even know in this moment what's what's happening with her own emotions, but she is not purely just looking for a place to give Billy mm-hmm. a place to stay. If she was, there's probably a YMCA nearby. Right, or, she actually wants him to stay. She like, wants yeah. him to stay. She wants to get that closure. She wants an opportunity to spend more time with, with Billy is my read on this mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, what, it would have been so much better just from the writing perspective to have Billy be a not asshole like make him a regular character that that would make dawson freak out even more it's like oh wow mm-hmm. this person is genuinely nice so i guess it would mirror too much the relationship between joey and jen because joey's problem with jen is that jen is really nice about right. everything and i guess that would have been a little too close to home but i mean for that sake like it's it's too easy for dawson to be threatened by mr cool guy it would be more interesting to see him re- relate to a character that isn't just an asshole and just a regular person that happened to be an ex of Jen. But we'll never see that. All right. Well, on that note, it is time for us to take our very first commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, we will see you on the other side. There are only a few certainties I have in this life. One is that Dawson's movie will more than likely not get accepted into that Boston Film Festival. And two that all you creek freaks out there are the best fans a podcast can have. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you, which is why it would mean the world to us if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show. While there are trillions of stars in the Cape Side Sky, there are only five that mean the world to us. It would help a whole lot, and we would never choose to hate you. Like Dawson's dad, we would choose to love you forever, and that is a promise. That night, as Billy mocks Dawson's Spielberg paraphernalia, Dawson accosts him as to whether he's planning on staying for longer than just a day. Billy performatively states that he's staying until Jen wants him back, then pulls the old switcheroo and says he's kidding, and that he'll probably leave the next day. As a mustache-twirling Machiavellian villain, Billy offers up an opportunity to spill the beans on the full truth of Jen's, hey, I'm walking here, New York past. <laughs> um, does anyone have a guess as to what Dawson was writing in? He was sitting at his desk writing in his vest and, you know, Trapper denim keeper? shirt. Like he was a writer. Uh, maybe he was writing in his journal. Mm. Was he writing a script? Doing homework? Doing homework. I can't remember in this scene. I think I noticed that I something I hadn't noticed before. And it looked like they had like a little storyboard um, post. Mm. Like oh. clipboard. Okay. Uh, what's it? Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Corkboard. What's it? Corkboard. Yeah. yeah corkboard. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Put up all your little yeah, ideas little, and yeah. storyboard on. So maybe he was working on an idea. Yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was like by his desk, yeah. I think. Yeah, I thought that was... He, it was kind of like Billy was interrupting him and he's like, come on, like, I'm, you know, I'm working here. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I just, like, don't understand... I mean, I'm happy that they've kind of left his movie to the desk. Like, we do... We haven't heard or seen anything about that monster movie in quite a long time now. But, I mean, it, it, is this, like, their way of... <laughs> like giving viewers that have been keeping up week to week to be like, he's still working on it. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> like I bet you're wondering yeah. about this, but 
And here he is working on <laughs> and okay, so let's say that he's working on the script, which doesn't make any sense because didn't he say that he's shot everything that he right. needs for that movie? Right. Like are they doing reshoots? What if it's edit notes? But then why not just edit? Why just have a diary of these are going to be edits that one day I might make. I don't know. Uh, the Billy actor in this scene reminded me of Paul Rudd. Definitely. That's one thing I noticed, like like Paul Rudd and Clueless, like that that totally. time of Paul yes. Rudd, you know. Yes. Uh, he's Yeah, he looks like him kind of. Oh, and just like looks wise? Yeah, I don't just like how he came off. Well, how he looked, I guess, because he was kind of, he had showered, so he had normal clothes on. He had a t-shirt. Oh, he didn't have his right. like 70s, you know, and he was, I don't know. He just looked like Paul Rudd in that I moment. agree. Yeah. He really did. He looked yeah. like young Paul Rudd yeah. kind of with a slightly different jawline, basically. Yeah. You know? um, the thing that I think that Billy did that was most offensive in this scene was when he threw himself down on Dawson's bed mm-hmm. with like, there's something about that that I was just, really offended by i was like you motherfucker that's my bed get the fuck out of here again yeah i hate billy as a character not because he's a bad boy which is annoying but just because he's just nothing like he's just a demon ghost demon ghost vampire demon Mm. ghost maybe but it's just obnoxious like it's nothing and all of it is like again i think they took all the energy of like putting this onto like jen or pacey or joey to just like all this is just for dawson's character development now there's they threw it all onto Billy to be that person. Right. It's frustrating because he's nothing. But again, I do like the plot beat here that he's tempting Dawson to be like, I'll reveal the secrets of your girlfriend, which again, if Dawson just trusted everything that Jen said, who said that I'm a different person now and that's my past and this is me now, you deal with it, then this wouldn't be an issue. So I like the mm-hmm. beats. I just, Billy is not a good character. Looks great though. Looks just like Paul Rudd. <laughs> Dawson bursts into Joey's place begging for advice to Joey's pleading to not wake up the baby. He info dumps his growing issues with Jen, reflecting on the relationship problems of his parents, how he thinks doing anything over Billy's presence is a lose-lose for him, and how Billy is just way cooler, the whole shebang. (laughs) Joey tells him to relax and it'll all blow over, which is the magical anti-anxiety elixir Dawson needed. He tells Joey that she's the best and leaves, to which Joey looks sad as the baby begins to cry. Two things. One, she's Joey's very clear not to wake the baby, and he's really quiet. And then when he leaves, he just slams the door. Yes. I was like, yeah. what the fuck, Dawson? <laughs> um, and then also, I swear, Joey said, oh, so is that the cute guy that was at school yesterday? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, as in yesterday? Yes. Yesterday. But it huh. still seems like the same day because Dawson's right. wearing the same outfit. And like, yeah, it's like to me, it was like the same evening and he had to he had to get away. So we went over to Joey's. That was how I interpreted it, too. He was like, well, fuck this. I have to get out of here. I'm going to go to my friend's place. Yeah. Yeah. So when I I swear to you today, she said yesterday, pretty positive. She said yesterday. And I like watched that a couple of times and I was really Hmm. confused. Interesting. Hmm. So I don't know if that was just a little silly. Maybe the time doesn't exist in the show like we think it is because they're in purgatory. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Or it's Joey's dream. Yes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Her uh, hoodie was looking super cozy that she's wearing in this scene. I want a little sweater like that. He was looking <laughs> cute this episode. Yeah. Love Katie Holmes. Uh, I find it hilarious that her advice is be cool, man. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Bye. Yeah. I, I thought it was nice for her to reassure him, but then she is so sad. Oh, yeah. She's super just sad. like, Yeah. Such empty advice, though. Like, don't worry about it. Okay. 
<laughs> like there, she offered mm-hmm. nothing tangible. But at the same but he time, took, he, he went with it. Oh yeah, he loved it. <laughs> and he's kind of offering nothing. Like he says, basically. Actually, I have a clip. I'm just going to play this really quick. Let's take a listen. I'm beginning to think relationship problems run in my family. Yeah, I thought I took a little bit more audio than that, but that's basically what he's bringing to this. Like, well, my dad and my mommy are fighting, and and now me and my girlfriend are fighting, and I think I'm cursed. So she's like, okay, you're spinning out. Like, isn't, yeah, and th- isn't this where she, she says, are we talking about the father yep. or son here? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I caught that oh, as cool. well. But you guys want to hear it? Go I would for love it. to hear it. Are we talking about the father or the son here? Worth it? Yeah. <laughs> like a show of or the Holy here. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to play this this next clip just while we're on this train. Um, I captured this because I felt like this perfectly summarized how I felt as a young boy. Uh, super angsty and emo. Let's listen to Dawson's angsty emo line. How much pain and humiliation can a relationship endure before it just reached the point of no return? Aren't those no mess lyrics? <laughs> How much pain <laughs> The point of no return. Right after that is where where Joey says, are we talking about the father or the son here, right? So, Holy Spirit. Which, or the, <laughs> or the Holy Spirit. Is God watching us? Um, so yeah, I feel like back to our, my initial question earlier on, are his parents on a train tracks, on the train tracks, is the next station on their journey divorce? And it feels like that's kind of what he is setting up in this scene. They reinforce it. So I feel like we are kind of heavily implying things mm-hmm. are going bad. As we later see, they go really bad for Dawson and Jen. Maybe they are also going to go really badly for the man meets. Yeah, this show at the beginning, my biggest criticism was that it just kept hitting the reset button. Yeah. There was no consequences for anything. But now it seems like consequences are very much real and people are yes. living with their actions. So at one point I did say, yeah, this is just going to be fixed the next day. But now people are actually living with the things that are happening in their lives. So this could be a divorce. I mean, I could see it by season two. Everyone's remarried. Like they're going to try to, I mm-hmm. feel as though they're going to start bringing in more yeah. and more and build off. Of they're this. going to resurrect Joey's mom. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> She's going to come back and she's going to she's going to marry Soft B Bob from oh the the movie. Nope, it's from the TV station. There we go. I wonder if we'll ever get Bob again. I think he's been killed. No, no. <laughs> Is that where Mitch went that day during hurricane? <laughs> I choose to hate you, Bob. <laughs> Dawson corners Jen on the Billy situation, expressing he believes that Billy is only there to win her back. While Jen tries to reassure him that it's not true, she lets us know that Billy was one of the good ones. And although he definitely still has feelings for her, Dawson has nothing to worry about. In the ultimate quote-unquote nice guy move, Dawson ignores what she says and believes his anxiety takes precedent, telling her he deserves respect before storming off against her and uh, against her and, and her. She pleads to him to try and understand. Dawson, what a twerp! Infuriating. I, <laughs> I just loved it when Jen's like, "He treated me well," and Dawson replies, "So you're going back to him?" It's like. Where'd you make yeah. that jump? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not listening to her. Yeah. Never. Yeah. No, he's spiraling, which mm-hmm. I, as somebody with massive anxiety about everything, feel <laughs> that. Like, I definitely have been in a situation where I blow something completely out of proportion based off of my own anxieties, no matter the assurances or reassurances I'm getting from the outside world. So I can't help but feel 
like I understand where Dawson's coming from. In fact, I feel like I've probably had this exact same fight with an ex in a past life, regardless of the fact that my ex was not trying to get their ex to stay over at my house. Um, <laughs> I, I This is one of the few moments where I'm like, Hey, am I Dawson in the real world? I, I do think he was right though when he said uh, he said quote I don't think he's getting the message and quite frankly I don't think you want him to. 100- so like he was spot on with That's that. That's what I you know. kind of was getting at yeah. earlier. I I actually do believe I agree with what Dawson's saying here. Whether or not you think that Billy has no intentions, I think it's clear that Billy does have mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. intentions of getting you back here and with that in mind, the nature, the, the very like act of you asking me to support him in this is disrespectful to me. So I don't necessarily want to defend like toxic relationship behavior, but I do see where he's coming from in this moment specifically. Oh, 100%. It's great writing. I mean, for Dawson's character. Yes. And again, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the top of the show, one of the things we say is, how does this match up with our adolescence? And, uh, to play armchair psychologist, the thing that bugs us the most in life is the thing that mirrors our anxieties Mm. of ourselves. And I see myself in Dawson as being this fucking guy. Like I do this all the time where I make a mountain out of a molehill with everything that I do. And so when I see Dawson do it, it's infuriating. I want to dip my hands into the television, just shake (laughs) them around and be like, bud, just listen to her. Also, aside from that, Jen had a very cool cardigan on in this scene uh it's yes. black with embroidered oh, flowers yeah. all i over want it. this cardigan. so cool yeah. yeah and then uh dawson was wearing brown corduroy pants and at some point yeah. later i believe pacey was all also wearing some brown corduroy pants <laughs> so corduroys guess, you know, are that the coolest. was in yep yeah we should all wear corduroy pants love some corduroy love corduroy yep. our first live <laughs> show is going to be all corduroy um everything <laughs> corduroy chairs corduroy, corduroy microphones. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. Um, when you guys were kids, uh, did you ever read the children's oh story? Oh my god! Corduroy yeah. I was corduroy boy bear. Corduroy boy. Corduroy bear for Halloween this year. This <gasps> yes, last I year. Remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh man. Yeah, I remember Got seeing green corduroy photos, overalls. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. cute. <laughs> I have the memory of a goldfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a cute little bear! Oh, I want those green slacks. <laughs> Lucy and Yak. Oh, they have- yeah. <laughs> Shout out. They have corduroy overalls. <laughs> so earlier on, I mentioned how Mr. Manmeat slut shames his uh, wife, Mrs. Manmeat, over um, her affair that she had. And then how this is then reflected later on with Dawson doing the same thing to Jen. I actually caught that audio. Let's take a listen. How do I get repaid by having the guy who's had you everywhere from Battery Park to your parents' bed dumped on me as my new bunkmate? Dawson, come on. Be fair to me, all right? Yeah. Such a low blow. It's Such a low blow. Low-hanging fruit. It's just like the thing that he goes to back and forth. Yeah, he does that a lot this episode. Yes. And it's really disappointing. He knows it's going to hurt her. Yeah. And that is mm-hmm. what I think... I hope that we get some kind of consequences for this behavior from Dawson because this is exactly the kind of behavior you see from the white knight slash the good guy yeah. in the friend group. Yeah, I mean, again, you said you you want more consequences of it, but I mean... Fast forwarding, she breaks up with him, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. I, which is like why this like was a great episode to me because totally. we're finally seeing those consequences to his actions, and uh, in a meaningful way that isn't just like oh that's something that he's doing. It's like now he, there are actual repercussions for this. So the fact that like he didn't get off scot free for all of this is terrific. That's a good point. 
In the empty video store, Pacey gleefully watches Luis Yosa's 1997 groundbreaking cinematic achievement, Anaconda, starring Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, and John Voight. A glimpse <laughs> into the third act's climax in which a titular giant snake is alit aflame as it tries to eat Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. An exhausted Joey enters the store, begging to rent the excessively mediocre 1996 Academy Award Best Picture winner, The English Patient, as it's the only thing that makes the baby fall asleep. The subject of Billy is brought up, which segues into Pacey laying it on thick that Joey must love Billy's presence as it puts a wedge between Dawson and Jen and points out that it's obvious that Joey loves Dawson. Joey <laughs> exits, not without a searing takedown in the form of her stating, bite me, Pacey. <laughs> all right, I want you all to look at me really quick because there are, can you see there are kind of tears in my eyes right now? Because of Anaconda? You just realized why, I, the I, moment I, that, Stop, let me say it, please, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited, I'm excited. I got a little bit emotional thinking about Pacey reading The English Patient to the baby <laughs> oh, later yeah. on, or, or, tell, or telling him about the story. I finally realized why he's doing that, and Oh my God, Pacey is such a good character, <laughs> you guys. What the fuck? We are experiencing, experiencing this in real time. He's, he's bawling, oh, listeners. wow. That got me. Yeah, it's a wonderful moment. This, <laughs> yeah. I, this show is really good with baby stuff. Like I, the the first time that I, this show made me emotional is when uh, Bessie told Joey Bessie. that... Be, yeah, Bessie. Bessie. <laughs> it's like a Pokemon. When Bessie told Joey that um, the baby had their mom's eyes, that was the first time that I got choked up. And then mm -hmm. in this episode with him being super nice to that baby with English patient dialogue. Yes. Well, we, I can't wait to talk about that yeah. scene later. Yeah. But I <laughs> do think that Joey needs to get a new job as an auctioneer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> because quick ass dialogue. You got we, We've got this audio clip here. On cable last night and put the baby to sleep. In fact, it's the only thing that's put the baby to sleep because the baby never sleeps. And if the baby doesn't sleep, then I don't sleep. And if I don't sleep, I get angry. I get irritable. And I no longer maintain my sudden disposition. So, Pacey, if even the slightest bit of human decency will run this movie to me immediately and bring 181 minutes of peace in my otherwise wretched life. Woo! Uh, James, you're a tech whiz. Is there any way that you could take the audio from Um, I Want You, I Don't Know If I Need You, but um, Baby, I'm Dying to Find Out by Savage Garden, and then put this over it. Oh, that's a really good request. I'm going to work on that one for you. <laughs> Please. Love Pacey in this scene. Yeah. Yes. This was, you know, the first moment in this, in this episode where I was like, okay, all right, Pacey, I see you. This is the moment that I fell in love with. <laughs> really? Uh, it was this interesting. quick. Uh, huh. In the same way that we don't want to see ourselves reflected in all of our toxic traits, we also want to see ourselves reflected totally. in how uh, <laughs> and how we are uh, connecting with a character. And I have certainly enjoyed Anaconda many, many oh. times. <laughs> and I love that's why you love oh, okay. Star Lying Pacey. Well, but I just, love, I just, uh, I connect with Pacey being alone watching a bad movie and loving the shit out of it. When before Joe even walks in, he's cracking up watching this stupid movie and i love that <laughs> anaconda is a very very good bad movie it is it's very over the top john voight's accent in that movie is <laughs> from a different planet i feel like th this scene kind of carried on pacey's story in this episode where he's bored and he wants to stir up things so he's like oh yeah. joey you know like dawson is kind of trying to stir things up and i in this moment i can't tell if i like pacey or if it's like oh like he's kind of like you know, being a little stinker, a little stinker. Yeah. Trying to, I wonder poke, poke at, you know, later, later we find out more about Pacey, but I wasn't quite sure yet by this scene. I, uh, I was confused 
because I don't know, a couple times in this episode, it's it almost seems like the events in the Breakfast Club episode didn't happen. You right. know, it's mm-hmm. like at the end of the episode, we all felt for the most part that it was very clear that Joey is in love with Dawson. That was like writing right. on the wall. And the way like Pacey brings that up, you know, like her feelings for Dawson and she's kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, it's nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I thought that was a little bit odd. It's just TV of the time because episodic TV, like you're just like banking on, you're like hoping people are watching every episode, but you know that people are probably Mm -hmm. tuning in for the first time. So it's like, we can't have like such a direct carryover, but we have to reference it. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I find it frustrating too. Like it was very clear by the end of that episode that, she had basically admitted that she was in love with Dawson, but they, I don't think they could like, I don't know. I'm just assuming that they could not directly yes, reference I mean, it. It's like at the beginning of this episode when she's crawling into Dawson's room and sleeping over where right. like, yeah. Yeah. did the yeah. last episode not just happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I feel like, so I'm just backtracking a little bit. Cody, you said that this is where you fell in love with Pacey. I, I definitely feel like I started to in this moment because this is the first scene where we see Pacey doing something for somebody else for no gain for himself. He has nothing. He's bored though. Sure. That, <laughs> you could say that, but he's... It's it's interesting to me because, you know, this is like new Pacey, Pacey yeah. 2.0 after uh, <laughs> yeah. the Tammy he had a stuff. software update. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And it's... I like what they're doing with his character in that he doesn't really fit into like other narratives. So he real he has the most agency out of everybody. Totally. Like, he's not hanging up on like anyone. Like there's no other relationship that he's like actively chasing. So he just mm-hmm. has friendships that he's building, and he is definitely more aware than anyone else. He's like the great yeah. wizard. <laughs> like he, yeah. he's watching he sees everything. All, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he definitely has an opinion about all of it. And I think if you told me after episode one that Pacey was going to be the voice of wisdom, <laughs> that he was going to be like the guiding light in the show, that he would be seeing everything and and kind of offering advice to people, I would be like, fuck you. You do not know <laughs> what I just saw, all right? Because <laughs> this feels like a major shift from where he's been, but at the same time, I kind of see where we got, how we got to oh, where sure. we are. Oh, yeah. Right? Like... Mm-hmm. The entire time we were like, why is this happening? Well, it was all happening because we needed to understand that Pacey is on the outside of everybody, that he's from a home that nobody cares about him, and that he can kind of just like, he's like invisible, you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what Pacey is doing. And that he is very observant at the same time. So I'm really excited for what we have left in this episode to talk about mm-hmm. regarding Pacey and as well beyond that where Pacey's going to go because now suddenly I am on I'm I'm like really excited Pacey. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but not quite yet in yeah. the You're episode tr- trying out yet. for team Pacey like yeah right now I've got like three toes in the Pacey pool water yeah <laughs> uh Really loved hearing Bite Me. Yeah. Want to mm-hmm. bring that back. That was such Icarumba. a... Yeah. So good. <laughs> such a good 90s <laughs> insult. Um, Vampire lore. Oh. 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 Whoa. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't even going to call it out, but you just... Oh, you did made you the get space, a sound so. clip of it? I actually... Oh, we well, did. I did. We yeah, just heard you did. It. We just heard it. Yeah. I well, can, also, I was going to say, um, I love Joey's outfit and she has like a red... Um, oh, yeah. The red jacket. Yes, but red blood, Bite blood Me. Stain. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just caking on that 
that under eye, the dark circles. Every time we see Joey, it's mm. her eyes are looking darker. So <laughs> in the baby, more gaunt. <laughs> in in the baby episode, we did postulate that Bessie is the queen vampire, <clears throat> and that after the birth, <laughs> she would return to her hum, human form, right? Because she said, anyway, what if as a part of this, Joey has been converted to a vampire? Hmm. 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 <laughs> We're going to do the next three Uh-oh. hours of this episode just <laughs> in. We should have an episode where it's David Lynch, Yoda, and uh, some other characters. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eskexies from The Dark Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like any Frank Oz character plus David Lynch. That's going to be a great episode. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's on that note that we will go to our second commercial break. We'll see you on the other side. Chicka chicka chocolates. Hey, everybody. James here. Just jumping in to give a quick plug for our social media. You can find us online at Freaks and Creeks Pod. It's got plenty of great content. Get to know the hosts a little bit. See the funny things that we snap out of the episodes. And just join in on the conversation. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to get to know you. It's going to be a fun time. Also, go on over to our website, freaksandcreeks.com. It's got a snazzy web player. You can send links to your friends, or you can even subscribe on all the different podcatchers, all straight from our website. It's great, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And we're back, back at the Learys. Dawson listens from his room as Mitch and Gail come home from one of their therapy-recommended adventures, arguing over the experience and stating that they feel as though they're wasting their time. Dawson closes the door in sadness. I honestly don't know a lot about couples therapy, um, but I I want to know if this... I, I feel like I've heard this before to, like, try new things together to try and, like, mm-hmm. like quote-unquote, like, spice things up or whatever, but, like doesn't seem like i mean i guess gail said that the affair the affair happened because she was like essentially bored but it feels like they should be working on other things besides just like doing some activities together i don't know i just like the the storyline about them doing these different activities feels weird you know and and um mitch later is like yeah i think we should start with the basics it's like okay yeah and i don't know maybe dive into some of the, yeah. the stuff that's really yeah. going on here. It feels like this scene slash this idea was written by somebody who's never been to therapy and who thinks therapy is a crock of shit. Yeah, I was just about to say. It's like clearly when people have never been in therapy and don't know what it is, you always know when they're writing about therapy because yeah. it's like, oh, what do you think they do in therapy? They probably tell people to scuba dive. Yeah. And I feel like this is actually some a little bit of 90s nostalgia because... We wouldn't be in the situation we are in 2022 with the mental health crises that we have if it were not for the 1990s um, uh, rejection of any mental health illness or any mental health uh, issue. In the 90s, it was just weakness and you just had to get over it. Uh, now we know that there are actually pro- like mental illnesses that affect people and that you can seek help and it doesn't mean that you're not a big, strong, macho man with a huge wiener that you can still be a normal person and suffer from these issues. So I felt like this was like a slice of 1990s life 
You know, let's let's mm-hmm. talk shit on therapy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to therapy. Everybody should go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go once. Also, just um, James, you know, you mentioned feeling, you know, uh, like you related to being a a product of parents' divorce. Is that what I mean to say? A child yeah. of child of divorce. Yeah. Not a product. I'm a product of it. Um, but yeah, I am also a child of divorced parents and my parents divorced when I was a teenager and just that shot of Dawson like listening yeah. and mm-hmm. closing the door. was like, yeah, feel that. Just definitely. Ugh, it's yeah. rough. It, it sucks. And, uh, you know, as much as we hate on Dawson, I, I feel for him. It's not fun dealing with having to listen to the parents fighting. No, and you know, I'll say the silver lining here is that Dawson didn't throw a temper tantrum. He didn't make it about himself. He had the awareness to realize, hey, this is, these are my parents' problems. I should not make them feel any kind of way about this. Um, so it could have been worse, but yeah, I <laughs> just yet another moment in this episode where it's like, ugh, yikes. You know, like... I feel that, you know, there's like a visceral feeling that I get from that scene, even as short as it is. It's funny that we're talking about how the 90s was like so anti-therapy and how if <laughs> the writers and like anyone actually considered therapy as a as what it is, an extremely valid and important part of our social structure, uh, none of these characters would have the problems that they have if all of them were in therapy. <laughs> so important, go find a therapist that works for you. It's extremely extremely good at the ice house diner joey is waiting tables for an ungrateful swarm of grotesque customers (laughs) with unreasonable demands pacey magically appears and tries to convince her to go to cliff's party with him as he couldn't find a date wink wink he uses the winning argument that dawson will be there without jen and bessie saves the day by letting joe joey off the hook allowing her to leave okay i just want to ask a question so they are clearly they do not have enough people there to cover these shifts. Like this place is swarmed. So why would <sighs> businesses that do this drive me nuts? They're like, yeah, it's okay. If you leave, we'll just have someone cover for you. Yeah. No, you need to hire like 30 people to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like I know like Bessie and Bodie, we, there is no official word yet within the narrative of the show that shows if they do own this place or not, but business owners that do not hire enough employees because you're selfish and you want to keep all that money for yourself. Bad. You need to have people covering these things so your employees don't get stressed out and overwhelmed and burned out. Drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I just felt anxious with the surround sound of the uh, all the yeah. annoyed restaurant patrons. Like, did anyone notice the one guy that was literally yelling in the background about his order? Grotesque. And then a bet, and then again the same guy for a refill. I like, a refill. And then that woman who like ordered the coffee, like literally yeah. two seconds later, she's like, yeah. "I'm waiting for my coffee." coffee. Yeah. Exactly. Like, okay. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, okay, so Joey took your order, but then leaves because you're taking too long. And in the process of that, you're like, "Excuse me, I ordered a coffee. Like, did you not see that I haven't? I have I haven't gone anywhere, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I'm just three steps over. I can't." materialize coffee for you did anyone oh sorry no did anyone notice that when joey came back she left the pot of coffee at the table no i didn't notice that oh my gosh um but isn't it interesting that pacey saves her in this moment like he does later in the episode yes oh yeah a foreshadow for them in the future but yeah yeah 
again, like if anyone has ever worked in retail or customer service, this is real. Customers yes. are that bad. The customer yes. is yeah. always wrong. They're bad, bad people. <laughs> Customer's uh, always right. What are you talking yeah, about? Oh my God. I've worked <laughs> many, many years in retail. I was a retail store manager for a period of time. Uh, and this feels so relatable. I mean, I never worked in food service, but the amount of people who were just like this, that were that that pushy out of the gate, that were that demanding right out of the gate. It is real. Mm-hmm. And I felt for Joey in this moment where she is just like at her wits end. She's no longer a person, right? She is just a, a robot in this moment, just taking orders from person to person. Um, I liked the moment when she's talking with, with, with Pacey about all the reasons that she can't go out and she's clearing this table of, of people who I don't think were ready to leave. <laughs> that lady was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like she pours food on her lap and, and there's a moment where, where Joey apologizes and I actually think it's Katie Holmes apologizing because probably she dropped like a little bit of food or something on this, on this actor. Um, but yeah, like this, this scene is really confusing. It also is confusing to me where it goes from Bessie being like, Joey, I need you on this table. I need you to take this order. I need you to do that. No, wrong mm-hmm. table, dumbass. Go over here. And then she's like, oh, okay, bye. Why don't you <laughs> yeah, leave? Yeah, that was such it's a okay. 180. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when she was off screen for maybe only 15 seconds of this one shot, like w- at one point did Bessie just calm down, call someone yeah. named Sarah, whom we've never seen, yeah. and invite her in. <laughs> she right. just took a fistful of mo- of, of happy pills. You know, she's <laughs> I wish just we, like... <laughs> I wish we could have seen Bodhi be like, come on, let her go, let, you know, or yeah. something. See, we but just they only paid Bodhi for three episodes, so... <laughs> Where is Bodhi? <laughs> <laughs> He's still in the bathroom at home, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the... Uh, Pacey, <laughs> Pacey said... Party on, Bessie. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> As they left. Oh, good. Party on, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, party on, Bessie. Wayne's World reference, I'm guessing? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I wonder how far off that is because it got to be. Has to be. Like yeah. eight plus years when Wayne's World? 80, it's kind 80, of 89? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Wayne's World was like 92. 92. Yeah. So we're not too far off, but yeah. It's very strange. Um, I thought this was kind of cute. Pacey saving her. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's doing it in the way that he knows how, right? Like, yeah, I knew you're a loser like me, so why don't we go out together? Mm-hmm. But I guess the question I have for all of you is, do you think Pacey is doing this as a, you know, like romantic gesture or as a, hey, I need to get you out of your funk? You mean... You mean Inviting as a romantic as a romantic for gesture for no? I think it was just like you need to get out of here. Like we're both like I'm third, bored. You you need to get out of here. Third Let's option. Do this. Then do you think he's doing this so that she causes a scene and he has something fun? You know, like he you know like a like he's orchestrating some kind of crazy scene, or is he really being um, altruistic? I think it's a little bit of a mix of being altruistic, but also. He's bored. (laughs) He has nothing. Well, like we were saying, he he's kind of on the outside now, right now, and doesn't have anything going on for himself. So he, you know, he's right um, causing causing a stir. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like he was. It was coming from just like a place of like wanting to have fun and bring a friend. Mm -hmm. Or another thing, I kind of was just thinking about, but I don't really think this is right. But like, what if he? Well, doesn't realize he has feelings for yeah. her. Well, he also, but he says, and that Dawson will be at the party alone. Yeah. So he he definitely knows. Like he's like, that's let's get you, let's get you to the party because that's what you know. I'm trying to yeah. figure out here is 
is he doing this because, hey, Joey, you're in a funk. You need to get out and see some people and do some things and just get out of your head. Or is he doing this as a ha 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 ha, you know, like Mr. Burns rubbing my fingers together, like I'm going to get you in a place where I can see you have a meltdown or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's he wants to see her have a meltdown, but um, I don't know. What do you all think? What? My read for all of this <laughs> is in a little bit we're going to see Pacey punch a bad man. Yes. And uh, Joey credits that to Dawson. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, you see uh, Pacey's reaction being kind of like a mix of being befuddled and kind of sad that he didn't get credit for helping her. And I feel as though Pacey as a character is overshadowed by her relationship with Dawson. Like even if they're like a dynamic th- trio, right, in their friendship, like he kind of takes Dawson as the one that is like they're the best friends and I'm the third wheel sort of thing. If Pacey... I think Pacey, like, there's a little bit of him that does have a crush on Joey. Like, they do have their weird flirtation of being mean to each other, and they kind of get off on that. And, like, this is... Pacey is, like, okay with flirting with her, but at the same time, like, as, like, a friendship kind of thing. And I think in his mind, he... I mean, this is, like, a lot of guessing on my part. But I feel as though Pacey thinks, I don't have a chance in hell with Joey. I'll flirt and have fun. I want to be her friend, but it's not like anything would ever happen with me and her. Like, right. I think he's mm. like very self-deprecating in this relationship and it's valid because she never really gives him the credit for helping her when he is trying really hard to mm-hmm. do that, at least in this episode. So, so it's I, like, oh. yeah. Oh, I just don't think like, I don't think he's like playing fucky games yeah. or trying to manipulate situations or anything. Like, I think he is genuinely <laughs> an actual nice guy. <laughs> and, uh, he cares for Joey and he wants her to have fun and like maybe, you know, he'll be flirtatious and stuff, but he doesn't think it's going to amount to anything. And yeah, like whatever, like I want to have fun with you. Yeah. I don't think he's playing games either. I think, I mean, I agree. I think deep down he probably does is attracted to her and likes her, but he's being playful and like, you know, wants to have fun. Mitch pops into Dawson's room, finding his son alone and brooding. They discuss their similar relationship issues, leading Dawson to reveal how he actually believes him and Mitch to be, again, quote-unquote nice guys, which, to Dawson, is no longer a desirable masculine trait. Mitch gives fatherly advice that relationships are all about compromise, but that there really is no true absolute. Ella, I'm curious if you know what stage four and stage five is. As I, our representative <laughs> of social work, and I couldn't. Yeah, you work with people, right? <laughs> I do work with people. I have no idea what stage four or stage five is. <laughs> All I thought of was cancer, and I'm like, so I don't think that's where we're at. I don't think that's how cancer is developed, but maybe. I like using this as a parallel sequence to the one that we've already referenced, where Mitch taught Dawson how to kiss using a mannequin head. In that sequence. Mitch had all the answers and he was like a hypersexual character and he's like, this is what you need to do to get the girl. Make your bottom lip dance. Kiss the mannequin head like this. <laughs> but in this, it, it was great to see that that actually didn't mean anything. Right. And he doesn't know shit. And so here he's like, relationships are all about compromise, but actually I'm also going to tell you that there is no absolute. There is yeah. no tell-all about what makes a relationship work or not. Yeah, I kept this clip, which I think is just good advice coming from from the dad. Anyone who's never been hurt is either very lucky or very lonely. The trick is <laughs> to get through it. 
I felt like that was exactly what Dawson needed to hear in this moment, right? It's like, it's normal to get hurt. It's it's normal for, like, things to happen that that maybe you didn't expect. That's just part of life. What is What you have to focus on is getting past that. And that's what we're seeing. He's stuck, right? Dawson is just, like, so stuck. He's just spinning his wheels. Um, I noticed a new poster. Did oh. anyone notice this in the Dawson's bedroom? The no, mis- the, it, was, it was a backwards poster for The Empire Strikes Back, I think it was what it was. It was, it was backwards. City Cody, Slickers do you know 2. what that is? Oh, it's, it's City Slickers 2. Oh, City 2. Slickers 2, sorry. Yeah. I, I <laughs> remember seeing the backwards poster, and then I don't know if I like read the letters wrong, but it's a backwards poster. I was wondering... Is that something? What is that? Oh, for one sheets, it's backwards on the back of them. Like if you buy like an official one sheet poster for. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. A movie. So he had it up in the backwards, like on the backwards side. Yeah, yeah. I had one for uh, (laughs) the classic Nickelodeon film Good Burger, and uh, I had a really cool '90s room, and so I uh, had the flipped version, just like how Dawson has. Cool. Up in my room, yeah, really cool. (laughs) I was assuming that was like due to rear projection, like we put them in the light boxes out front of of movie theaters. Is that what that was? from i why like, are they the why are they two-sided like that that's a really good question i have yeah. no idea because that's something that you would have to like create both did i flip yeah, it, it was, i guess yeah. i don't know yeah it, wouldn't that's it cost more yeah. money to print it double-sided like that than it would just mm. to print, print it it's very yeah. interesting yeah um also a uh, fashion note um dawson is wearing a super cool corduroy velvet plaid pattern zip-up jacket and he wears this the rest of the evening um, so more corduroy or oh. I think it was either corduroy or velvet, but that texture, you know, I thought I that was that, cool. I yeah. think I was just too blown away by Mr. Manmeat and Manmeat Jr. Having a actual conversation that wasn't like, now here's what you do to the woman to make him squeal. <laughs> yeah. And actually good advice. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was really good advice. And it, it reminded me, this is one of my favorite uh, Star Trek The Next Generation quotes from <laughs> Captain Jean-Luc Picard, but he says, uh, it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's such a great life lesson. And it really reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. On a bizarrely secluded boat dock, Billy tries to convince Jen to come back to New York and can't believe she's choosing Dawson over him. Jen tells him to get over it and that she needs to head to Cliff's party to be with Dawson. But Billy proposes a coercive idea of them having one final kiss for old time's sake, promising he'll leave if she does. She kisses him and says goodbye. Okay, uh, how many of us saw through this not being a goodbye kiss? Oh, yeah, this is oh, yeah. insane. Yeah, everybody? Yeah. Unanimous? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No way in hell does does he actually leave. And that's not just mm-hmm. convenient storytelling. That's like, of course this motherfucker isn't going to be like, yeah, goodbye kiss. I feel like that said, though, I think Jen handled this well. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. What does she, she do? She, just, yeah. she, she tries to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She gave him a, a little peck. Tiny. Yeah. It, it the, was just like. <laughs> it was like kissing your grandmother or yeah. grandfather. Yeah, there's no emotion behind it. No, no. I just wanted to note that I feel like Dawson and Billy are both just trying to manipulate Jen a lot in this episode. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jen earlier says to Dawson, like, he's the one that, like, treated me with respect. But, like, we've just seen him be extremely manipulative. And Dawson was earlier, too, and... I don't know. It's just frustrating. What like I feel like she's like a really like smart person. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. to like see her 
be manipulated yeah. by these guys is just like hard to watch. But don't we all know somebody like Jen, right? Like I grew up with with these people who were upstanding, super intelligent, you know, very, they got good grades. They were involved in all this kind of stuff. They had a good social network. And then who did they date? The absolute worst people who took advantage of them and took them for all their worth. And they didn't just do that once. They did it multiple times, right? It's like, we all know somebody like this. And I think it, what does it say about Jen that she mistakes respect and being treated well for what is probably physical attention i'm guessing like what is billy actually offering her that she mistakes for respect because i think when any of us watch their interactions it's not respectful like you're saying he's manipulating her the entire yeah. time how is this respect yep i mean i think you know the fact that I, this this episode does a very good job of showing that billy and dawson are two sides of the same coin totally and the thing that both of them do have in common is they give her attention and for her entire life. I mean, that's like her big speech at the end mm-hmm. is yeah. like, like, I, you know, I've always been hopping from relationship to relationship and this is why I need me time and like learn about myself. So that's why I can't do this anymore, which is great. Like I love that Jen is actually yeah. acting on her own accord and like growing from these things. And I think that's why it, like this is such a great scene to see this versus everything that Dawson does with her too. Yeah, it's very realistic. It's sad, like it sucks watching this, but yeah. it also makes sense. Yeah. And also another thing is in like it's so great how this will later explode for Dawson when he finds out about this kiss and it's like such a huge deal to him. And obviously, like it's a shitty situation to be in, but it's great in showing character growth and how they're so different in Jen does have a lot of sexual experience in her right. life. And she doesn't view like a tiny kiss as like that big of a deal. Whereas Dawson is extremely naive and inexperienced with anything involving like a sexual relationship. So he's going to make that the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way that they explore that I think was also great because That's yeah, nice. it's just like a little peck in her mind, not a big deal, whatever. Like if this will get him out of town, I'll go for it. Uh, one other thing I was just going to say, kind of responding to your point, James, um, about like, you know, she's saying that Billy treated her with respect, but we're not seeing that. And I kind of wonder if that kind of shows, you know, like she's probably been treated like shit by a lot of other guys yeah. and Billy's just like basically treating her with like the bare minimum mm-hmm. of respect, <laughs> yeah. which then maybe kind of shows us like why she thinks Dawson is like a godsend, quote yeah. unquote. Cause he's like actually like maybe a nice guy compared to some of the other guys. And, um, you know, yeah. it just kind of makes me feel more sad for her if, you know, she's just been treated like shit by a bunch of, a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And that's yep. a good point. I actually kind of had already forgotten, even in this episode where we've talked about her past, I'd already kind of forgotten about how she had mentioned about all these men who've taken advantage of her, um, through her, her history. So you're probably right. Billy probably is the best of them, which is so sad um, and does explain why she thinks Dawson is so much better. Even when we have, like we just discussed, they're kind of like a binary star, you know, one's the dark side and one's the light side, but they're both the kind of same thing here. Yeah. And it also plays into how Dawson views everything as like good guys versus bad guys, the black hats versus the white hats. Mm -hmm. And he is like, oh, Billy's the black hat and I'm the white hat, but he cannot possibly imagine a world where things are scaled and nothing is so morally, you know, binary. And what's good for him isn't necessarily good for everyone. Yeah. That there are other people in the world. 
It's a lesson we all need to learn sometimes. Through the sounds of arguably the best radio-friendly pop-punk song of the late 90s, Blink-182's Damn It, we get to Cliff's rager of a house party. A paceless Joey finds Dawson, who says he'll grab them a drink. On his journey, he runs into Jen, and they leave to find a place to be secluded to talk things over. A disappointed Joey accepts a drink from a tall blonde scumbag who looks like every member of Limp Biscuit combined into one single human <laughs> being. She ends up wasted, and when Pacey tries to interrupt the scumbag and Joey, Mr. Biscuit shoos him away. Meanwhile, as Dawson and Jen begin to mend, Billy arrives and reveals the goodbye kiss, enraging Dawson, leading him to offend Jen by calling Billy just one of the many of the New York men she had been with, and he gives Jen the ultimatum of him or Billy. Jen rightfully leaves, disgusted. Concurrently, a much more intoxicated Joey is slow dancing with Mr. Biscuit, who <laughs> is trying to force her to kiss. Pacey arrives just in time, and when Biscuit throws a punch, Pacey dodges and hits him with a yeah. mean left hook. Dawson runs up to them as Joey collapses and slurs her words, calling Dawson a hero as he comes to her aid. Ooh. This house party sequence is great. <laughs> the audacity yes. to play damn it from start to finish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unreal. And they ever so carefully censor out the and she fucked him line, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like almost they still play it. They still have that like that is playing there, but they do remove it. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't just like. Anyway, yeah, I think um, I, it's funny that you think he, this guy looks like every member of Limp Biscuit put together. I think he looks like Thor from yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so this Universe. is our Marvel tie-in. Thor and Jane Foster, Joey and this guy. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't think I know who Jane Foster oh. is. She's Thor's, Natalie Portman's character yeah, Natalie in the Portman's Thor movies. Character. Yeah, we never watched the, fr- when we were uh, doing our Marvel rewatch, we <laughs> decidedly oh, skipped Thor 1 and 2. <laughs> we're going to have to start oh, Marvel Freaks. Hmm. We'll figure out a different name for that one, but we're going to have to start that one where we go and watch the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe one movie at a time, uh, I, 25 years after their release, I guess. So look forward to that in a while. I found myself playing Where's Waldo with Cliff for Cliff because this yeah. is his house. I wanted to he know was so badly. nowhere to be seen. I. <laughs> this is also a really cool house. Like yes. this is where Cliff oh, yeah. lives. Like what? Yeah. It's so funny. I think in the in one of the first episodes we talk about like, oh, or like there's going to be like a party at Nellie's house. She probably has like this nice house. Right. And yet one, we don't see Nellie at all. Nope. Nope. But um, here we are. Also, I guess in my head, I've just imagined I haven't really thought about there being like beachside properties. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomorrow. I, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I forgot about that one. But yeah, I guess I wonder if like, you know, the, the wealthy people have a lot of like I wonder nice beachside houses. I was also wondering why the cops weren't. I mean, yeah. Where are the cops? I mean, like <laughs> they have already established that. Uh, what 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 the fuck is Pacey's brother's name? Deputy again? Dougie. Deputy right. Deputy Dougie. Uh, he he was combing that beach during the hurricane, and he was very happy to just jump into people's houses and hang out all day. So, like, right. where where are the Capeside police trying to stop this party? I think they're storm chasers secretly. Mm. I think that it's like Twister. Exactly okay. like Twister. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a different storm somewhere along the coast that they are furiously hammering stakes into the ground and and um, uh, holding pistols to <laughs> civilians' heads. <laughs> what a wild... Just the fact, like, the jump of quality from Hurricane to this is undeniable. It's, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> it's like what we experienced between episode one and episode two in production quality where yeah. it suddenly jumped up to being, like, studio grade. Now it's like we went from being somebody just... In the middle of the night, regurgitating script ideas into their into their phone to actually sitting down to <laughs> writing a, a screenplay. Yeah. 
I did love all these beats, though. I mean, like, it yes. seems like everyone really gets a moment within mm-hmm. this party. It's great. Yeah. Yes. How quick yeah. does Dawson forget about Pacey? So, oh. I mean, Pace? sorry, oh, Pacey. Joey. Pacey. How quick does he forget about Joey? Joey yeah. So sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Jen appeared, I did notice another fashion note. She's wearing a suede leather jacket, which I thought was intentional because Billy is also wearing a leather jacket, mm. ah. whereas everyone else is in like these cozy sweaters and corduroy jackets. So it was kind of like... That's got to be intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suede, that's like the inside of leather, right? Like you flip right. the... Yeah, so it's so kind it's of a combo. side. Or it's... They're connected. Know, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, just... I mean... No surprise that Dawson sucks as a friend, but it's just like you can't even just say to Joey, like, hey, uh, I'm going to go have a talk with Jen real quick. Mm-hmm. Here's your drink. Yeah. Sorry, I'll be right back. Yeah, he didn't even yeah. get her a drink. Nope. Nope. He literally just leaves her there. Sorry. When Thor walks up with his <laughs> obviously roofied drink, I'm sorry. This is oh this guy. It's yeah. 20 this guy is the worst. Yeah. We all are aware of date rapists, and this guy is, like, the epitome. Am I right? Like, he is just trying to get her as drunk as possible and then Mm -hmm. take advantage of her later on the beach. And it's disgusting. disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. It's, again, like, this is, like, another way for this show to talk about it and not talk about it at the same time. Because his whole thing is he's trying to kiss her on the beach. It's like, okay. But... Yeah. That's as much as like this show is going to actually sure. talk about. Mm-hmm. But I'm I am happy that this show does go out of its way to show this character exists yeah. and that they're yeah. bad and that Pacey's a hero. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I was talking about. At, at, as far as this episode has somebody who is somehow less likable than Pacey because he comes in here and he is fucking terrible. And who sets him in his place? Pacey yeah. of yeah. all people. <laughs> Pacey. I mean, shit, they, I feel like they did this specifically for people like the four of us who are like, what is going on with this mm-hmm. character? Pacey <laughs> is the worst person on the show because he, in this is really where Pacey, I actually, t- I captured this clip. I'm going to play it right now. It's called Pacey's Cool. <laughs> okay, just a couple of things. First, her name's not Chloe, it's Joey. And second, no, I'm not hitting on her. I'm just her friend. God knows. Well, thanks for the info. We'll catch you later. Ugh. I think it's kind of, I mean, again, it's just cool that Pacey is here looking out for Joey, not because he's trying to get with her, not because he's getting anything out of it, but because he cares about her as a friend and he can see that she needs help. This is what we needed yeah. from yes. literally anybody in this show, but especially Pacey. This is the moment I started turning. It this turned around when, for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also like he's the, being a real friend. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And everything that we've learned about Pacey up until this point is that the only thing that he cares about is sex. And it's great that this sequence started off with him being with Joey and being like, oh, there's a hot girl that I like. Bye. But Mm -hmm. the fact that he later chooses to help Joey instead of chasing that girl that he had talked about previously shows that he cares more about his friendships and he Mm -hmm. has priorities straightened out. Whereas Dawson does not. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, so the entry of Billy and his quote, a little more kiss and a little less goodbye. In saying this, he knows that Dawson is sensitive to this kiss. Oh, yeah. Billy knows that kiss meant nothing. He knows how brief it was, yet he's, you know... Oh, he's He's saying this. He's a little devil. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. I love that Jen left. Um, 
I feel like th- this is the same thing she did in the dance episode when I think when Dawson and Cliff were yeah. fighting, she removed herself. Yeah. So great writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, either he has to go or me. What do you What do you think? Right. Well, I think I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yes. Mike, drop. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Shut up. The general is. Um, I captured this moment. This is a moment between Dawson and Joey, and I thought, you know, this is like. This is why they need to be together. Is this, <laughs> is this scene, is this kind of chemistry that they have. Great party, huh? Oh, yeah. Time in my life? I was such a rockin' time since I joined the JV football team. Oh, yeah, and cheerleading has opened up so many doors. They get each <laughs> other. Yeah, yeah. They get cute. each other. Their riffing is great. <laughs> I also really want to point out that that conversation is taking place during the chorus of Damn It, and I need yes. to read oh, the lyrics of right. it because it is so about yeah, the show. totally. And it's happened once again. I'll turn to a friend, someone that understands, sticks to the master plan, but everybody's gone, and I've been here for too long to face this on my own. Well, I guess this is growing up. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the theme of this whole entire show. Yeah. I love it. Blink-22. This Great show band. really does use music not just as like a a tone setting tool or as a piece of diegetic or non-diegetic music, right? Like they actually use the lyrics of the, of the songs that they're playing to represent the emotional states of the characters that are in, in these scenes in a way that is like hyper literal. A lot of times, like we've talked about this multiple times through the show when we call out the, the lyrics of, of the songs that get played, but like they're often speaking in my opinion, from the perspective of whoever is the focal character in this scene. In this case, like you're pointing out, Cody, this is Dawson, in my opinion, speaking through this song. Yeah. Whether he knows it or not. Whether he knows it or not. <laughs> um, aside from gross and creepy Thor, I want to talk <laughs> about the beachy makeout corner. This yeah. cracked me yeah. up. Because isn't the point of a makeout corner to be kind of like out of the way and secluded yeah. at a party? And this was just like in broad daylight, exposed to the entire house with this big wraparound porch. Everyone's yeah. watching. I thought it was hilarious. It's so I I wish I knew more of the making of this show in general, but especially this sequence because I I feel as though when it was written, it was like oh they'll have a makeout room, but maybe they just like I, yeah. could not get a house to An film interior. in, and there was like no yeah. studio they could do, so they're like oh uh, I guess we can film on the beach, yeah, in the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that makeout point, that's around the time that we that we get to Pacey confronting uh, Thor and somehow besting him. So this is uh, something that I clipped. I this is it's either this moment or it's something later on that I will that I'll point out um, that I have a clip for. It's either one of these two moments where I go on to to hashtag Team Pacey. But let's take a listen. Say goodbye to the nice Sierra rapist man. <laughs> so this joke i mean this this show knows what they're doing with yeah. this character they're talking about date rape they're talking about you know these people who prey on 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 getting people drunk in the party and what do they do they make a joke out of it he's <laughs> so funny not very funny but it is funny i'm sorry it is funny but not very funny yeah having their cake and eat it too that's yes. the way the show mm-hmm. does it yeah i think my my uh Love for Pacey was a slow burn throughout this episode. Because yeah, I think like each scene I saw him and I liked him more and more. And then by yeah. the end, I was like mm-hmm. fully in love with him. This befuddled moment was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. When after the punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, like oh, really? Yeah. You're giving Dawson credit? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> this, I mean, this episode and the previous one did has done an amazing job at making us feel for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. he gets beat up by the main character. Nobody cares about him, and it's just like my question is: Did they do this intentionally? Did they set out to make us hate Pacey from the beginning to win us over by the end of the first season, or is this a product of how the show has aged? I really, hmm. I'm still like, what were they? intending our viewing experience to be in 1998 with this character specifically. I can I can read between the lines for every other character and kind of try to see what they're doing, but Pacey is still like an enigma. Were we supposed to like him? Were we supposed to hate him? What what the fuck were we supposed to do with Pacey? Good question. Yeah. I mean, he's too it's a completely different person than episode 1. Oh yeah. yeah. He's had the biggest shift from from then to now. Yeah, I'm curious as to like if they didn't, it, if it happened like in real time where they like, you know, had the first couple episodes come out and then maybe realized that there was, maybe there was some backlash or people were like, well, oh, we don't like him. Everything was filmed be, before the pilot released. Oh. Yeah. So they made this choice. Mm-hmm. Did they do it predicting the backlash? Like were right. they, because if they did it predicting the backlash, I actually think, they deserve like they deserve <laughs> some flowers or some shit because this has been a roller coaster following Pacey. I don't think it had anything to do with the backlash. I, I mean, or like predicting one. It, it feels more to me is that they wrote they accidentally wrote themselves into a corner, and this Solve is their it. way to like get out of it. Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it, if you write yeah. this one very 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 specific arc and go, wait a minute, he he isn't friends with anyone now. Like he's in his own TV show. Like what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. and I don't think it was like. Because again, all the marketing like that got milk ad where he's like, yeah. I like being with older women. Like yeah. that was so grotesque. And so I think it was like, we'll have this thing, and then it's like, okay, well, fuck. Like we we don't know what to do with this character anymore. So this is their way right. of being like, okay, he's actually a kid, and this is like his new. I don't I don't want to say it's like a his new his new character arc <laughs> is him being a sad sack. Like this right. is mm-hmm. the best we can do. But I don't know. They've done a great job. Whatever whatever happened to get us here, all for it. Well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up this scene, just uh, really impressed with PC able to punch this enormous yeah and Thor like man and he dodge learned. dodge a oh, punch. Yeah. Dodge. yeah, he learned. Yeah, and like knocked him out. Yeah, cold one punch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So he gets punched in the noggin by movie theater man. And he's like, never again, motherfucker. <laughs> and then he gets punched with a basketball. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. So, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He learned. Well, okay, sorry. Oh, also, Joey. Just real quick. Um, I I like to watch with subtitles Same. on. And yeah. so during the scene, I was noticing she, yeah. she says that she mm. wants to leave. Yes. Yes. She, yes. Yeah. I want to leave, but but it's it confusing. doesn't sound like she says that. This I feel like yeah. I was I was wondering if the subtitles were off because when you watched it without the subtitles, if you did, what did you guys think? Like I, I don't want to leave. I that don't want to leave. But, exactly. Yeah. It sounds like because Pacey walks up and he's like, "All right, Joey, it's time to say goodbye. Kinda We're slurred. gonna leave." Yeah. And and she's like, "I don't want to leave. Go away, Pacey." That's what I took yes. it to say. And then and then Pacey's like, "Okay, no, actually, I'm gonna make this decision for you." Mm-hmm. But the subtitles say the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very confusing. Yeah. Super. Confusing. Did you pull the audio clip of it? I um. Let me see. I will play this. It says someone somehow worse than Pacey. I'm mm. not sure what that means. I know it's about Thor, but I have no idea. So let's find out. 
Are you trying? Come on. Are we dancing? We're doing whatever you want to do, sweetheart. <laughs> okay. Oh, you didn't get uh, I forgot. I, I apparently did not capture that. But I did capture this. Maybe this will help. You again, a-hole. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> what about this? <laughs> Not yeah. a very Thor-like thing to do, but a very limp biscuit thing to do. Very limp biscuit thing to do. He's gonna he's doing it all for the nookie, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, it is time for our final commercial break. We will catch you on the other side. Hey folks, did you know the number one way you can help us grow is by telling your friends about the show? Hey, that rhymed. New shows like ours thrive on the power of word of mouth, which is why I'm here now asking you to please tell a friend about Freaks and Creeks. We've got an intro episode that is perfect for dipping a toe into before fully committing. You can share it with bit.ly slash freakspod. Thank you for listening and spreading the word. Now back to the episode. And we're back. Dawson and Pacey bring a blacked-out Joey home. <laughs> to make sure the coast is clear, Pacey goes through the house to make sure no one's awake. As Dawson places Joey on the couch, Pacey accidentally wakes up the baby, and he tries many different ways to put it back to sleep. On the couch, Dawson tells the four loco to Joey <laughs> that he knows things have been really hard and that their relationship has been pretty weird as of late, but that he'll always be there for her. Joey opens her eyes and kisses a surprised Dawson and then passes out cold. Dawson finds Pacey, who is reenacting the plot and performances of the English patient to put the baby to sleep, and informs him it's time to go. Well, this... <laughs> this is it, huh? This, this is, is it. it. Yeah. This is it. This kind of capped it off for me. Um, when I saw Pacey doing his English accent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. putting the baby to sleep and calling him Little Man, yeah. I said... Yeah. Because your favorite movie is Little no. Man, right? Now, I know that The English Patient is supposed to be a boring movie, but I would listen to a book on tape narrated by Pacey of yeah. this book with these accents. I wonder if Joshua Jackson has gone on to do a book on tape, an audible of The English Patient. I happen to capture this clip. It's titled Hashtag Team Pacey. Oh. oh, yeah, that's nice. That's, My heart just melted. That is the moment for me when I was like, fuck it. I'm on this I'm on this train, baby. I can't get off now. There's something so sweet about his interactions with this with mm-hmm. with with baby Alexander. It's so sweet. It is I feel like what I'm talking about earlier on where it's like he's finally doing something for somebody else that has no impact to him he's I, purely doing it for other people yeah and i thought it kind of made sense for his character because we know he has siblings and so this didn't really spook him having to take care right. of having to be the one that that's like taking responsibility for this baby and i don't know if he's the baby in his family but you know it was right. kind of like this moment where we see him and it seems comfortable doing yeah this. He, he, does. he knew what he was doing like trying milk trying a pacifier like those are you know yeah, yeah. Th- those were things that 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 was accurate. <laughs> 
Yeah, he didn't seem lost. You know, like no. if you put me in that situation, I'm going to be like, um, do you want to hear about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? They've got this cyborg who's trying to take over the universe. You know, like I'm not going to be able to figure out what to do here. I would, it would be like a comedy of errors. You'd, you'd come in like the version of this episode that has James taking care of the baby. You'd come in and he'd have like a diaper on his head and he'd be like, I don't know what happened. So he's like, he's, he knows his way around a baby. But the, yeah. I, I think the like, biggest takeaway of this, though, is just the comparing him with Dawson and how Dawson never listens to Jen right. or anything. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Dawson or blah, 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 the fact that Pacey remembered mm-hmm. this detail yes. about the English patient and the baby. It's extremely important to this character. Yes. It's great. Yes. It made me tear up when I realized it. On, <laughs> this is after my third watch, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen this episode three times at this point. And I still didn't get it. But when I finally got it, it made me cry. So. There, uh, there's like, Pacey actually cares about other people. Yeah, and we we got we got to see that moment where it clicked for him because you could he's thinking what what next what should I try next and oh that's what I should try yeah you know we get to see that yeah he remembered it put the baby to sleep it's gonna work this time and Mm -hmm. he does it from memory which is also pretty cool pretty cute pretty (laughs) cute um okay what else um well. I mean, probably the biggest thing is that Joey kissed Dawson. Yeah. Also, that Dawson thought this was a good time to talk to Joey. He doesn't have to confront anything because what? she's oh, not going to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's like, I don't know if now's a good time. Wait, maybe oh, it's the perfect time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She won't remember. <laughs> but great development for his character in the fact that, like, this is how he handles life. Right. It's like, yeah. as long as there's no repercussions to my actions, I'm going to go along with it. <laughs> and also, like, he, Dawson says, you know, Joey, like, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you and, like, all this shit. And what about earlier when you, like, just fucking ditched her? Yep. Yeah. As long as it's convenient to me, Joey, I promise I will maybe be there. That's <laughs> what he should have yeah. said. <laughs> I thought it was interesting too that Joey suddenly like it's like she fully comes to for this kiss. She's like out yeah. and then just becomes con- conscious <laughs> enough for this pretty intense kiss moment and then just yeah. passes out. You know that so drunken I feel kiss like, tastes I mean, so bad too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, when she's like re- regurgitating like uh, orders at the ice house. She's like more tartar sauce for table five or something. It's like, have, has any of the writing staff been drunk before? That yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm not like, a, like asleep at night after a long night of drinking. Like, oh god, I got to get that data analytics report in on whatever client. What was their KPI? You know, like I'm not. That's not what happens. But yeah, it might be what's happening in your in your head. But she's like saying it. Yeah, it's, I guess that was a way to express that she is. Yeah. You know, uh, overworked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes I wonder if it's a, it with television, with film, it's, you're writing more about audience expectations more so than the real thing. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're thinking like, well, teenagers don't know what drinking is. Same thing with like, you, there's so many things in media of like when people take psychedelics and they're like, whoa, I saw a dragon. Like right. that doesn't happen when you take acid or mushrooms <laughs> or anything, but you know, that's what people expect to see because they've seen it in media. Right. So I yeah. wonder if they're just like, yeah, kids don't know what happens when you get drunk. So let's just have her <laughs> start yeah. riffing on ice house orders. <laughs> yeah. She thinks she's still at work. She's so drunk. She's, she's traveled yeah. back in time. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Back at the Learys, Mitch admits that he doesn't believe trying new things is the answer, insisting that they've neglected the old things. He puts on a tape of generic middle-aged white people <laughs> suburban soft rock on the boombox and brings her in for an intimate slow dance. When Gail tries to kiss Mitch, he stops her, saying, one thing at a time, and they go back to dancing, and we get a nice little crane shot to finish off the sequence. Did you guys see the deleted scene for this one? No. What happened? Oh, they do a slow zoom on Mr. Manmeat, and mm. he's wearing a chastity belt. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, he's got the key on a chain around his neck, and he says, uh-uh-uh. Oh, my God. Why did they delete that? I don't know. That's so weird. It's on YouTube. You can find it if you really look. Oh, what do you have to search? Just search. Would I search Manmeat chastity belt? It's, it's more like the neural link. You just have to really be thinking about the scene, and it will present itself to you. That's cool. I love Google. This song was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Were th- was it an actual song? Yeah, it's by Chantal Kreviazuk. Hmm, that sounds Not like sure a fake. Right. Is that a sim? Um, the <laughs> name of the song is Green Apples. Of I course just, it is. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I remember that there were lyrics saying cotton candy. That's nice. It really sweet, felt very like sweet. <laughs> if you went up to AI and said, give me generic yeah. soft rock old people music, this is what would get pumped out definitely mm-hmm. yes yeah. the the thing with their relationship about how it started off so sexual and now they're like one thing at a time does it really what are the old ways yeah this these i mean yeah this is the only thing where like i feel like these characters are also getting refreshed kind of like pacey um because in my mind the old ways was their extremely rampant taped sex yeah. life right well and even when they're talking about like their remember that whole chapstick episode they had like 15 hot makeout sessions in their first couple of dates like clearly the old ways is a very physical hot and heavy relationship so they've probably skipped this whole like emotional emotional intimacy sure. phase of their relationship and gotten straight into this physical thing that has been what's really kind of kept their relationship alive at least in mr man meets eyes but as we came to find out it's not actually what is keeping their relationship going. So I thought it was kind of a sweet scene as cheesy and dumb as it was. Um, and yeah, I mean like let's go back and no more touchy touchy only dancey time. Yeah. Which is probably, you know, the therapist neglected to say no more touchy touchy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's Dennis Nedry from Jurassic yes. Park. <laughs> Maybe that is who they went to. Maybe that's the problem is they went to Dennis Nedry. <laughs> Not a good therapist. <laughs> We got Dotson here. <laughs> As Dawson rows himself and Pacey home, he admits that Joey had full-on kissed him before they left. Pacey points out that Dawson is oblivious to Joey's longing, passionate love, to which Dawson deflects, saying that what he has with Jen is love, and what Ugh. he has with Joey is friendship. Ugh. Pacey appropriately surmises that Dawson doesn't know the difference between love and friendship. I got lots to say. Do it. Okay. Go off queen. <laughs> Here I go. Um, okay. First off, just so happy to see another rowing scene. Yeah. Yes. I just want more rowing scenes, please. Please, <laughs> please, please. Okay. So I know we already talked about this before, but like, again, Dawson seeming totally oblivious that Joey has feelings for him and that that kiss doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What a ding dong. <laughs> um, okay. Childlike view on love. Him thinking that love just 
means stuff that's exciting and new is like so bizarre. And I I, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition where we see like the parents who are like trying to do these new things to like rekindle their love um, and realizing that that doesn't mean love and starting with the basics and like understanding each other. Friendship is like a very strong ground to build a relationship off of um kind of beautiful in a way right because like what we're what we are seeing when mr man meat comes and talks to man meat jr he's like look you have to build a relationship based off of mutual respect right like you have to understand that there are going to be times that you feel misunderstood or you feel hurt but it's about getting past that because what's ultimately important is about being with your partner that's kind of what he's trying to tell him then and then when we see in this scene the 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 previous scene before this one is Mr. Manmeat and Mrs. Manmeat reconciling and instead what we see from Dawson and Pacey is him essentially just being like man isn't love cool dude like i'm super in love right now bro it's like you have no idea how in love I am, bro. It's like sick. And Pacey's like, no, actually, I don't think you know what love is if you think this is what you're really experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird, like seeing Dawson like describe his relationship with Joey and <laughs> the way he's talking, you know, he's kind of smiling and he's like, you know, we just like get each other. We don't even have to like say things. We just understand. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, he just seems so clueless. And then po- Pacey points out that, look, right now we're sitting here talking about yep. Joey, not Jen. Mm-hmm. Don't yep. you see it? <laughs> the great watcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. To Dawson's delight, he finds Billy packing up all of his belongings. <laughs> and he expresses that Jen insinuated that she has chosen Dawson over him. Billy threatens Dawson that he could come back at any time and that <laughs> he better treat her well. As Dawson goes to close the blinds, he sees Jen pacing back and forth on his family's boat dock. I really wish that Billy was like, Dawson, just so you know, I can be here in three and a half hours if I really want to, but I will need a place to stay when I come back. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, what do you mean? Like, you clearly are not willing to make the drive when it's inconvenient to you, buddy. So are you really going to come down later if you need to? It's like, (laughs) I mean, again, like them being the, you know, Two sides of the same coin, like this threat, like it's all just about power. It, oh, yeah. That's all these people care about. And so he didn't care like if he won by Jen. His whole thing is like, I'm going to come back and beat the hell out of you yeah. if you don't treat. Well, don't hurt my property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jen yeah. is my property. And if you hurt her, then what does that mean? You know, like, I really hope this is the end of this character. It's not. We know it's I not. I hate in to the tell next, you. I think he might be in the next episode. Yeah, remember? Well, we, I do not remember. Oh. We'll, we'll. I don't even know where I am right we'll now. Talk what about about at the end of our episode, but mm-hmm. I believe Billy will be making a return to Dawson's Creek. Very soon. Boo. Yeah. Dawson approaches Jen, ready to apologize, but Jen backs away from him, describing that her life in Cape Side is far too familiar to that of, hey, I'm walking here in New York. She finally <laughs> breaks up with him, thank God, despite his pleading, insisting on putting herself first. Woo! Dawson angrily conveys that he'll find someone else, but as he storms off, he looks back at her, and when he goes back to walking away, she turns to look at him, missing each other's glances by mere seconds. Uh. Okay, so uh, I hated all of this. Every oh, yeah. second. Um, Dawson... Actually, I didn't hate the part where she broke up yes. with him, but, but besides that. I have hated Dawson this whole time. This, this scene... I had no words. Like he is just so 
so awful. Um, I mean, yeah. Speechless? Yeah, <laughs> speechless. I, should we start? Yeah, 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 we need some audio, audio clips here. I have his, what he says as he walks up to Jen, ex- expecting that she is like, ecstatic to yeah. speak to him right because in his mind she's like yeah she chose me i'm the alpha bro like she loves me and he says you know for someone who views himself as a tragically nice guy i spent an awful lot of time apologizing yeah <laughs> fucking vomit all over the place yeah that made me sick to my stomach like fuck you dawson fuck you yeah <laughs> Sure spend a lot of time apologizing. Well, maybe it's because you're fucking terrible, you yeah. fucking asshole. <gasps> it's amazing. And I I mean, yeah, this scene is awful, but it was the best. Like I loved Jen being like, "No, yes. dude, you finally. suck." Like yeah. you and he finally gets repercussions for his shitty actions. She breaks up with him. God, yes. Yeah. Jen getting Go agency. Jen. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that I mean, that line alone was awful and then mm-hmm. he just continues to be an asshole yeah. just straight yep. up asshole yeah when she breaks up with him there's a moment where you see his eyes change and it felt like incredible acting i would like to commend james vanderbeek oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. the he plays this scene too good almost like <laughs> there's a moment where after she says what i'm about to i mean i'm gonna play a clip here but he like goes in to grab her and stop her and he's like hey hold on we don't need to talk about this now we can talk about it tomorrow no dude i think it's done yeah and to say like like agree with what you said like uh be very critical of dawson as a character but james vanderbeek like this is this has made me feel like oh they know what they're doing totally. and james vanderbeek oh, yeah. is killing this performance killing. like mm-hmm. he is just like the, the Patrick Bateman of American Psycho, like yes. he, just just like in that same way of Christian Bale, it's like he knows that he's playing this quote unquote nice guy, like yeah. and he's mm-hmm. like I can't imagine anyone else doing this performance as grotesquely as him, like he's perfecting it. Yeah, I really hope for the upcoming um, remake of Dawson's Creek that we have willed into existence <laughs> that we will be writing for. But I really hope that they either get Guillermo del Toro to direct it. <laughs> <laughs> because what they really need is like a horror spin on this because Dawson, to your point, Cody, he is going to be a serial killer. Like he is one <laughs> step away from just going way off the deep end here. Totally. Yeah. And I, I've brought it up before, but watch the ContraPoints video on incels because that does a great breakdown of like why this is like a pretty modern take on mo- like modern masculinity yeah. and why mm-hmm. men do feel the way that they feel and why this is like so widespread and has been going on for far too long. Like this is such a weird archetype that um, is extremely unfortunate that is not dead at this point. And didn't Joy joke about being a mass murderer, like a serial killer at the beginning of this episode? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to play this clip here. Um, It is Dawson's reaction to Jen breaking up with him. And Mm -hmm. I just thought this was something that I wanted to revel in for the rest of my life. Every time I'm feeling sad, I'm just going to play this because it makes me feel good. Let's take a listen. And now I have to say the same thing to you. What? (laughs) (laughs) He did not see that coming whatsoever. He was expecting to be like given a bouquet of roses and a sash that says you won and you are the best. And he's like, wait a second. Hold on. What? Say what? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. This is all I needed is Dawson getting a little bit of a reality check. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't write down all the things that he said, but he just g- kind of like goes off. Um, yeah. he, I think when he's like walking away, he says something like, you know, I I'll, something about her like moving in and toying with us, his emotions and then like leaving. And I have the line. It's you can't just make me fall in love with mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. then just bail. Motherfucker, she didn't make you do anything. No. Yeah. And I don't know when she said this, but she had a very sad moment line here that when she said, I'm pretty, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate, and I'm still way too unhappy most of the time. Fuck. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, look, I will say one thing, like, she feels like, I, I really couldn't really follow her reasoning here. I, I, I'm hoping some of you understand because I was like, is she saying that she needs to be alone to punish herself or is she saying she needs to be alone to experience life? I really couldn't figure out which way she was trying to kind of like go with it. She called her, I think she, at some point she said she has always found it easier to escape into a relationship than to face life on her own. Yeah. So I think she's saying that she needs to be single. I mean, that's what it came off is how it came off to me. And I think with, with her being like, I, she mentions the fact that, you know, this is the same situation from New York has followed me to Cape right. side. And I mm-hmm. think she is recognizing like, oh, you are just like all the men from yeah. New York, just a different version mm-hmm. of it. You're just like, nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or You're yeah, quote unquote yeah. yeah. nicer. Yeah. yeah. But the same intentions are beneath the surface. Like yeah. if Dawson mm-hmm. is being honest with himself and with Jen, what is he expecting to get out of this relationship? Sex. Yeah. That's what he is ultimately playing for here. And that's what he's kind of been articulating over the last several episodes is like, God, I just want some physical intimacy from my girlfriend. Granted, Joey has really been kind of like pushing that along, but still like Dawson is no different from these guys who just got her drunk to have sex with her. He's just dressed up a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when he walks away, he he says something like, you know, like she's talking about one day you'll have like this great yeah. girlfriend and I'll come back to you and you'll be like, I'm with someone mm-hmm. else. And he, he says something like, yeah, and she'll be nothing like you. Yeah. She's like, it's just like uh, low hanging fruit to yeah. just be like, just, he doesn't give a shit about her. He does yeah. not know what mm-hmm. love is. She's just an object. So he's like, it, he's just taking everything as ammo that he can use against her to make her feel bad. He does not care about this relationship at all. Really? I think. So I agree. No, I totally agree with you. But I think to our point around media literacy, he's just doing what he's seen in movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you break up with me? Well, fuck you. I don't need you anyway. I'm going to get a better girl anyway. Yeah. 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 Totally, you know? totally, totally, totally. So even now he's not actually being authentic. I, I mean, he's clearly hurt. I'm not saying he's not hurt, but he's hurt for the wrong reasons. He's hurt because it's like an ego thing, in my opinion. I don't think it's ultimately really about the emotions or the feelings he has for Jen because I don't think that he even knows what feelings he has for Jen. Just like Pacey was saying, you don't know the difference between love and friendship. Well, as he uh, walks away towards the end of the scene, we get a great, great, wonderful, amazing needle drop. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Evaporated by Ben Folds 5. And when when this song came on, Cody and I were watching the episode, I got... Full body chills. Um, she just turned into one giant goosebump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love Ben Folds 5. There's something about mm-hmm. his music that is emo without being emo, if that makes sense. Like, he's not doing angsty, whiny singing. It's not like Thursday or Taking Back Sunday where it's like, 
but it is so emotional and mm-hmm. it just hits you right in the field. I don't that I, piano. Yeah, so poetic. <laughs> I wonder if that is something that is a byproduct of us all being a kid and growing up with Ben Folds and, and having the, his music in these different... I guess, actually, what's all your relationship with Ben Folds? Like, for me, he was huge. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I listened huge, to yeah. his entire discography, Ben Folds, Ben Folds 5, mm-hmm. everything. I love Ben Folds. Yep. Same for everybody? No. Love him. Not yeah. for Cody. Not a big fan? I don't have anything against him, and I, I just have never done a deep dive. Sure. It's like, I heard Elliot Smith, and I went, yeah, that, I'm, that's mine. Like, I don't mm, need sure. anything else. I'm just going to stick mm. on that train for a very long time. Ben Folds 5 was a very big part <sighs> of my of my youth. Um, my dad and I, um, I would say, like, growing up, he, he and I spent a lot of time together, and music was, like, a very big part of our relationship and um we spent a lot of time listening to ben folds five and ben folds and we went and saw him together in san francisco and it's just like a very special place in my heart uh i love i love him so much Mm -hmm. one thing i do love about ben folds is i remember when the like the first um jerk off webcam websites were coming out like the chatterbaits there was like one is this related to stella's dad (laughs) 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 but there's it was the was it Omegle, yeah. I think? But Ben Folds would do a thing for his encores where he would project Omegle oh. and <laughs> and they would cycle through and they would land on someone uh. and he would just make up a song on the spot about the person that would land That's on fun. him. There's like a bunch of fun videos uh, like on YouTube, I'm sure if you search that yeah. show that. And on that note, are we ready to move on? Do we have, have we gotten episode eight out of our system? I'd say so. Well, then that means it's time for ratings. Who would like to go first? I can go. Um, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to say a three. Almost gave it a two and a half, but um, I'm giving it a three just because I love Pacey. Uh, overall, I thought it wasn't, I don't know, just felt like kind of a snooze for me up until the last like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, but I, I, yeah, I loved all the Pacey development and I'm really excited to see what happens next with Pacey and Joey. Honestly, like it was fun seeing Joey, uh, and Pacey's like dynamic a little bit. So I'm excited to see more of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go next. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, I agree that on the Pacey thing, uh, this episode brought me hope for his trajectory um, it was also nice to see Jen standing up for herself in her decision to be single. Uh, but I think this might be, this breakup might be short lived. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what goes down in the meantime with that. Uh, I feel like there has to be at least one episode where Dawson is looking for someone who he thinks is deserving of him. Uh, the question is, will he trade in the, his nice quote, nice guy ways for bad boy vibes to then, <laughs> Jen back. Who knows? Um, also, at some point, Jen is going to find out that Joey kissed Dawson. Mm. Will that be something that puts more of a divide between Joey and Jen's friendship? Um, mm. Wondering about that. Um, and then also, uh, all this complaining from Joey makes me wonder about the baby. Makes me wonder if she is going to, like James mentioned earlier, move in with a friend get out of yeah. this situation at the Bessie Bodie baby house. Bessie Bodie baby. So lots of things. I don't know. It's just like brought up a lot of things that I'm excited to see where 
you know, where some things go. So, um, I just had a funny thought. Um, you know how like sometimes in, in like teen movies, they'll do like the, the hot girl make or like nerdy girl makeover into like, Oh, she's like a, a hot oh, girl now. Right. I was just imagining like, like a makeover for Dawson and him turning into like a <laughs> bad, bad boy. boy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> really want to see that. <laughs> I'll go next <laughs> on that note. Um, so I actually, um, I created a very scientific, very mathematical ratings calculator for of myself. Did. Of course I did. <laughs> we haven't really talked about this in my day job. I, um, well, I'm a, I'm a performance analyst, so I look at like data and numbers, making spreadsheets all the time. And in this case, what I did is I created a, let's see, it is a nine metric uh, index that factors in multiple different things and gives me my rating based off of how I rate this. Some of the metrics are pacing, writing, relatability, paranormal presence. Of course, that's weighted a little heavier. And then the (laughs) elusive J index, which is how much I enjoyed each individual episode. So for James? Maybe. Maybe it is. Um, (laughs) What else would it be? Jism. Joey. Joey. For this episode, I punched in all of my different individual ratings, and what I have generated is a 3.25 out of 5, which I feel like is actually pretty representative of how I actually feel about this. I really, really, really did personally enjoy this episode. It gave me everything I've been looking for. There were some big problems. I would say what I rated this episode lowest on is the paranormal presence. Sorry. <laughs> that does, yeah, we didn't hear much about that. Really, it's basically just bite me. And, the, and then the, the, uh, the, the fisherman on the shore being a, a defender of the oceans. Beyond that, it's really, I felt like the pacing was a little bit chunky in this episode. Like it really started and stopped. There'd be long periods where we didn't have a whole lot going on. And then there would be an episode or a series of scenes like the house party where like a ton is happening, but at the same time, it's really padded out. It was just kind of strange. So overall, 3.25 out of five. But if I were to say how much I love this, it's a five out of five. Hashtag team Pacey. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I would say four out of five. Uh, I wish I had the metrics of a nine tier <laughs> system that I could get like a a better number. But uh, yeah, four out of five for me. I think for the characters, an absolute grand slam. This is everything that I've been wanting. I think they're finally fleshing out these characters and it's more so that everybody is getting their own agency. People are living for their own lives instead of just like being there just for Dawson's development, which so far has been very little only to the fact that ostensibly he is always right or correct at the end of every episode. There's never an actual challenge to who he is. Finally, with Jen breaking up with him, it solidifies, uh, thankfully that the writing for the show was showing like this nice guy thing is not good. And the writers actually have something to say about this character. And it's a coming of age story about someone that is very toxic. And hopefully we're going to see over time that he learns from these mistakes and grows from it. Uh, And again, like we've said, Jen is an actual character. She has her own agency and finally Pacey is becoming his own person. And even Joey, like seeing, someone do something let me backtrack a little bit i think what we talked about already is with media literacy like even someone that's morally gray or outright bad can be a great character and it gives them depth and realism as opposed to characterization that's flat and broad and outwardly explicit and trying to make someone likable or villainous and here we get that like 
Joey makes the wrong choice of drinking yeah. to subdue her feelings, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make her a bad person. Now she's becoming fully realized. Right. Jen makes, I mean, she's made up to this point a bad decision in dating Dawson because she's trying to fill this void in her life and she ended up dating just the same person on the opposite opposite side of that coin and again with dawson i thought we were finally fleshing out this character and he is a bad person but i think no. this character is very interesting and i'm again i do not like dawson but i think very fleshed out like this made things way more interesting and intricate with his characterization so i'm excited to see even more repercussions of him being a dickwad definitely i thought it was great yeah, I mean, it sounds like we all really enjoyed this episode regardless of our rating. Well, maybe Stella is the one person. You had moments where you enjoyed it, but overall, yeah, I kind of agree. Like, Dawson's a total shithole. It was really cool <laughs> to see him get talked to in a way that felt befitting of him. But yeah, there's some there's some issues in this episode. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. I mean, yeah, clunky, uh, still, like, uh, things are way too convenient. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. thank God Dawson looked out that window at the yeah. right, right time, you know, shit like that. Like, I'm just so happy that we got Pacey. I, I, I honestly really am surprised that we got some resolution for Pacey. Mm-hmm. I was pretty prepared to just hate Pacey for a long time on this, on this show. And, I'm really excited to see if this is matched next episode for the remainder of this season into the rest of the show. Like, is Pacey now just a good character? Have they finally, like, land? they've hit the bullseye that they've just been throwing darts at a board? Or are they, we still going to get more shifts from Pacey? I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Can we please see Pacey's house? His yes. siblings? God, his parents? Please. Give Anything. us more Pacey. All cops. <laughs> and uh, oh and another thing too is i love that this wasn't just like wrapped up in a bow at the yeah. end and just yeah. like that's yeah. the lesson bye-bye yeah. like every, yeah. everyone's complicated everyone is kind of fucked up from the repercussions of these past episodes it kind of feels like the first time we've gotten a cliffhanger a little bit yeah, 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 yeah. you know every episode has kind of been with the exception of maybe last um, episode was a was a bit of a cliffhanger that's but, true but and yeah but for the I, most part i'd say is, the on on the average like it's mm-hmm. kind of every episode gets wrapped up in a bow, right. to your yeah. point. Well, should we do recommendations here? Let's do it. Yeah. Y'all, who wants to go, go. first? Okay, Mal? Um, I'm <laughs> going to recommend one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to this weekly. Um, it's called Dress to the History of Fashion. Ah. Going Ooh. with the fashion theme here. Um, it is two fashion historians who, uh, quote, explore the social and cultural histories behind the who, what, when of why we wear. Um, their research is super in depth. They have always, they always have the most fascinating guests. Um, I'm going to give an on theme episode recommendation, which is a two part episode that they did last year called the nineties, an interview with Colleen Hill. Um, Colleen Hill is a curator of costume and accessories at the fashion Institute of technology. She wrote a book called Reinvention and Restlessness Fashion in the 90s. Mm. Um, they talked to her about grunge and minimalism and lots of other things that are 90s related. So that's a good one. Uh, they do a Halloween episode, mm. uh, which is Costuming Horror, Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> with Lisa Jensen, who is the costume designer for Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, they also do a couple other favorites are... Uh, Degendered Fashion, which is an interview with Alok uh, Vade Menon, who's a gender nonconforming performance artist. And then there's another one called The Red Dress Embroidery Project, 
uh, which is about uh, coll- collaboration empowering women artists from around the world uh, to share their stories through embroidery with a dress that this one dress that kind of travels the world and gets different embroideries by artists. So awesome. Take a listen. That's <laughs> yeah. extremely cool. Yeah. I, I love this podcast. It's great. I listen to it a lot. Uh, just through in, my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just absorbing it through osmosis. And it is very interesting. And I say that as somebody who is kind of on the outside of, and these, of that. They are some of my favorite podcast hosts. They, very like, they have the, the best um, chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am going to recommend some Ben Folds. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <Who's> that? <laughs> um, I kind of go through waves of revisiting. Um, his old albums and every time I do I just I feel so happy yeah. and sad because the music is is really emotional um, but I was going to recommend the self-titled album Ben Volts 5 and then also Whatever and Ever Amen those are his uh, first two albums with Ben Folds 5 and then um, his first solo album Rock in the Suburbs yeah. um, is a solid solid listen so yeah, definitely recommend, tur- like, turn it up, you know, yeah. just yeah. like, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put on your headphones or in your car or whatever, just blast, blast those tunes. Yeah, Rock in the Suburbs is one of those albums that whenever I'm in kind of like a funk, you know, whenever I need a little pick-me-up, I'll put that album on and there's just something about it that gets me going, you know, it's like, it's it's fun, it's silly, it's serious. You it's, can sing along, like, can sing along, that, yeah, yeah. Love is it. Ben Folds the Billy Joel of our generation? Oh, I think I he like might that. be. Yes, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Ben Folds at all because Billy. I Joel's love little, Billy Joel. No, yeah, me Billy too. Joel's but great. he's a little bit of a. No, is he a stinker? Is well, I mean, he's Billy Joel. He's just easy to make fun of more oh. than anything. I don't oh, okay. mean there's oh. nothing wrong or problematic with him, but I do mean like. Oh, like he's did, corny. Did he go to Vietnam to write uh, Goodnight Saigon? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Does he know anything about sailing and the, the li- and living that life? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I totally agree. Ben Folds is amazing. Love him. I will go next. All right. Yeah. Um, my recommendation this week, um, you guys, I don't know. You, it's pretty obscure. You might not know uh, I have an album to recommend. It's called Fishing for Fishies by King Gizzard and the Lizard <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, is this number three? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't the know. third time? No, this is the first time. What are you guys talking about? Oh, it's no, the first I'm time. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that you've talked about Gizzard. This is the first time I've talked about King Gizzard and the Lizard <laughs> Wizard. Um, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible album. Well, yeah, they're a Australian psychedelic rock band, Cody. Thank you so much for asking. Um, but this album is probably, in my opinion, it's the, like the most bluesy kind of, uh, I would say, almost approachable album of their discography. Um, in this one, it really does have a little bit of everything. It's got this really incredible songwriting. It's got strange time signatures. It features heavily a protein-based cyborg who would like to end the universe and kill all of the humans. But mostly this album examines humanity's role in the environment, and it really, really has an interesting viewpoint. I would highly recommend the song 
the bird song, it has an incredibly beautiful, it's honestly one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And I say that with absolutely no hyperbole. I love it. There is a lyric in the chorus that is, does a bird know its name? And that is one of the most existential lyrics I have ever heard. It makes me think so deeply every time I hear this. And that is not a meme. I really mean that. I just think the song is so incredible. So please go take a listen to this album. Beyond that... I would also like to recommend Capeside20 on Instagram, Mm. at Capeside20. Go check them out. They're an incredible follow for anybody who is interested in Dawson's Creek um, filming locations, shooting, production, anything. Um, I imagine all of you listening are fans of this. Go take a look at their feed. They have recently kicked off a series going through the title sequence and as of the recording of this episode, also the pilot episode where they're going through and looking at locations back in 1998 and then looking at them now 20 plus years later. Um, it's really, really cool. They actually sent us some previews to look at. And in downtown Wilmington, that Main Street sequence, which is featured heavily in the pilot episode outside of the Rialto movie theater where they're going in that, that pilot sequence. Uh, so cool to see then and now and how much it's changed and stayed the same. So yeah, at Capeside 20, go take a look. Woohoo. I love fishing for fishies as well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. As much as I hear. The, the the King Gizzard music, it is one of my favorites as well. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah, can't go wrong. Well, it's me. I just finished The Last of Us Part 2 last night, so my rec this week is The Last of Us Franchise. It yeah. is a Sony-exclusive video game series developed by Naughty Dog, and in front of my can tell... Neil Druckmann is the lead on narrative, and I think he's created it. Um, The premises you play as a few different characters traversing a post-apocalyptic world years after a zombie-like outbreak, navigating different sects of communities and cults in search of a home and possibly a cure. The vast character depth and world building have made me more emotionally connected with this universe than in any game I can even remember and arguably has had more of an impact on me than most modern TV series. It's immersive, it's gorgeous, it has great gameplay and major kudos to featuring queer and BIPOC characters that are rich and nuanced. Uh, I had missed this franchise by like a decade because I haven't owned a PlayStation and after James graciously gifted me a PS4, I dove in and as they have... uh, just announced a PlayStation 5 remake of the first game. It seems like a perfect time to jump on board. Uh, if you've been sleeping under a rock like me or have, for whatever reason, been on the fence on the series and anything I said uh, seems like it's up your alley, I would legitimately say it's worth buying a PlayStation just to play this game. And if gaming isn't your thing, I know this is going to sound insane, but there are full playthroughs of both games on YouTube and it's cinematic and rich enough to hook you, guaranteed. And also fun that Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl for HBO, uh, is going to be the showrunner along with the creator of the video game for a TV series based on The Last of Us. Wow. And it'll be The Last of Us. And it's going to star Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as the leads. Wow. Very cool. excited for that show to ruin me just as much as <laughs> this video games have. Yeah, I um, sometimes ha- had been watching Cody play and I was very enticed and um, it was really thrilling to watch um and at one point i like looked up the plot to see like what happens you did yeah oh Oh my god so i i knew the ending before (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, if you're not into gaming, I mean, I would maybe check out that YouTube. Definitely. I remember I posted on on Instagram a while back when I finished the first game because it just like blew my mind. I was like, like, oh, my God, like I just like, I have to say yeah. this like it was so great. And a lot of people <laughs> reached out to me and one person uh, messaged me and they're like, I, I don't own a PlayStation, but I watched an entire like 20 hour playthrough of The Last of Us Part <laughs> Two uh, just because it was so good. Like <laughs> it's that wow. good. Yeah. It's great. It is. And, and when it came out, it really was like. Very pioneering in the cinematic video game experience. It really feels like you're watching a movie almost as much as you're playing a video game, except that the movie that you're watching, you are in charge of the protagonist. And it's just so cool. Uh, the, the production company or, or studio that made it Naughty Dog, they, if you aren't aware of who they are, they also made the Uncharted game series, which is one of the biggest best game uh, franchises in Sony's catalog. It very much follows like the Indiana Jones adventure style. So when The Last of Us came out, I was like, what? How are they going to do this? And they completely killed it. It's amazing. Um, Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad that you have gotten some enjoyment out of that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny to say that I'm going to recommend the, (laughs) I think one of the most critically acclaimed games ever made. It's like, yeah, go watch Godfather. You might like it. (laughs) (laughs) A little known thing like this. But I mean, for some, like there has to be someone out there like me who just missed it. And for whatever reason, and like, I cannot reiterate this enough. Go buy a PlayStation, like do it, play this game. Sony needs your money. Yeah. <laughs> They're a small indie. <laughs> uh, next episode of Dawson. Yeah. Yes. Um, episode nine. Yeah. So it looks like Jen's old boyfriend takes Dawson and Pacey <clears throat> to a nightclub. Oh, Ew. baby. Upon finding herself the subject of some nasty rumors, Joey strikes back. Hmm. Is this the kiss, kiss with Dawson rumor? Mm. Oh, I, I wonder. wonder. I had or the dr- being drunk and yeah, with I, Thor rumor. I my, bet it's Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My oh, guess right, was right, that right. he was gonna like spread some rumors that. about that. Yeah. Oh it must God! Be that. Yeah. I, ho- I hope not. That's like, sad. I didn't want Billy to show up again, but I definitely don't want Limp Bizkit Thor to show up. I think he's going to. God, that sucks. I wonder. Unless it's going to be like, you know, when detention, we were like, oh, I wonder what could happen. How is this going to be related? And then it was completely unrelated. It's something totally new. Maybe this is one of those things. Maybe something completely mm-hmm. unrelated is going to happen. So we, if they're going to a nightclub, are they going to have fake IDs? They're going <laughs> to. They're going to have to get some questions. This will be interesting. I wonder. So they're going on a road trip somewhere. Do you think they're going oh. to the big city? Are they walking? Oh. Wait, are they going on a road trip or are they going to a Capeside nightclub? <laughs> Well, the episode is titled Road Trip, so I'm assuming oh, they're going somewhere. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Also known okay. as In the Company of Men. Interesting. Which I'm oh, not okay. familiar oh, boy, huh? with that. But This is literally boys' night out. Yes, totally. Because ah. Billy's going to be like, hey, you know, Dawson's, I'm single, and Pace has nothing to do, ah. so Billy's going to swoop in oh and take the guys God. out to a nightclub. Whoa. <laughs> Can't okay. wait to watch. Are Dawson and... Whoa, are Dawson and Billy going to become best friends? That sucks. Fuck. Dawson's going to become the sense. bad boy. Here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. What if Billy, like, picks out an outfit oh, for Dawson? Yes, for the nightclub. What oh if... <laughs> okay, so we've all seen Spider-Man 3. Should you just oh turn it on right now? Are you going to bring up Bully Maguire? <laughs> yes. Oh. What if Dawson becomes an eyeliner-wearing emo? Oh, finger guns, dancing. God. Oh. Are they all going to bear- <laughs> wear Barrymore collars? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. That would be so cool if they all showed up in their 70s outfits. There's uh, going to be some good nightclub outfits. We're watching this tonight. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so yes. excited. Everybody, just 
take a look at your feed tomorrow morning. There might be another episode. We might just have to do an emergency <laughs> recording as soon as we get off of this call here. And by call, I mean in in person recording. We're actually all in the same room. What same music's going to be going in the nightclub? Oh, oh my god. god. Well, oh shares I believe hasn't come out yet, so we're not going to get that. But getting jitty get, with it. Getting na, 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 na. Uh, Chicka Cherry Cola could be making a reappearance. That Wouldn't has kind of like great? a club beat. Definitely. I can't wait. Oh, well, oh, we are okay. so excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess on that note, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our show so you never miss an episode in the future. And join us as we continue to set sail through the tumultuous waters of Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. If you want more Freaks content, please visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com, and find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod, or write to us. Our email is show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time on Freaks and Creeks, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh. Goodbye. <laughs>